Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Everybody, hanging out with you on this Tuesday. We're Sports Steak. That's Derek. That's Barry. Present. I'm Rob. How we doing? How we doing? Hey, come on, give me a hug. How's everybody doing? Good to be hanging out with you guys today. What's up, everybody in the chat section? I see Mood Swing Bell. I see Tyler. I see Yacht Chris, Jason, Wheatbread. I see Tyler. Tyler. We get a double shot of Tyler's. I see Griffin. I see Andres. I see Robert. I see Joseph. I see M. Reyes. I see everybody. What's up, Christy? I see the whole crew. Whoever I missed, I apologize. They're going fast and furious, but what's up? What's up? How we doing? You guys good? Barrett's grooming as we speak. I like it. Yeah, man. I haven't been doing this in a while, man, so I got to get back to it, man. You know grooming what the beard? What, grooming? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, taking, taking showers, you know. Oh, deodorant yeah, yeah all know. that fun stuff yes you know, hit or miss with brushing the teeth man you know one of the, you know that's why sometimes hey, i'm glad oh, we, we do things remotely that's <laughs> oh, different geez. story that is a different story so um yeah a lot lot going on man um we're going to dig into we have shield kapadia at 12 30 from the ringer and we will talk to shield about all things nfl and eagles and then at one o'clock we have our guy, Michael Barkan. Michael B. is going to join us at 1 o'clock uh, to talk Phillies. Phillies season opener. The opener, it gets real, fellas, on Thursday. It is the opener. and uh, I'm not ready. Did I it mean, feel like this in 2007? You throw well, out the record books when it's Phillies Rangers. No, I mean, <laughs> no. Um, I don't care. I'm just happy it's getting real. I'm happy it's starting, man. I can't wait. Then they have their last exhibition game. Actually, just got underway right now. Then they have the off day, the travel day. Uh, to Texas, and then they're they're uh, taking on the Rangers. They get Degrom out of the shoot, man. That is not an easy task when you get Jacob Degrom out of the shoot. But that's oh, then we do we go out with our number two then? Well, Nola, yeah, Nola. For I, I think it's just sort of a tradition at this point. But Nola, it gets the nod for the first one, and then Wheeler goes second. I I think we all know that Wheeler's the ace, but well, not man, a baseball thing, Phillies thing. Did you have the same oh, in two thousand seven oh, oh. going into two thousand eight um, as you have right now? Um, that's a great question. I, I had, uh, 08. I definitely, I thought they were a team that could like get to the world series and maybe win it. I feel the same way with this team. I like my expectation for this team is they should win it. Uh, there's no, they got to game six of the world series. There's no other options for me. Any, anything less is a step back. Really? Yeah, hell yeah. Well, I mean, considering how good the Phillies got in the off season, the Mets got better. The Braves got better. The Dodgers are still the Dodgers. Uh, Padres got a little bit better. Um, I don't discount what you're saying, but there's so many obstacles that they're going to encounter along the way. I agree. Philly should be right there. So you're saying, now I'm not putting words into your mouth as we do in the social media world today. If, if, if they don't win it all this year, you're going to be extremely disappointed? Unless, unless. Now there, there's, okay. this comes with a caveat. If – 
Ranger Suarez can't pitch this year if Bryce Harper isn't right uh, when he comes back. Okay. I, you have to put those qualifiers on yes. this thing because yes. we're starting the season right now without Harper, you know, without Hoskins, without Suarez, without Andrew Painter. So injuries can definitely change that. But if, if, if I assume that Harper gets back at some point in June, Suarez comes back and he's fine, then yes, absolutely. I, I think they should. I think they should. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, hold, hold up here before you know something. I need to put a uh, disclaimer on here, uh, Mr. Brooks. Yeah. Were you on Jody Mac show this morning and John McMullen? Yes. Three sixty-five. Oh, yes. okay. What happened? According uh, to Mr. Taz, yes. Uh, you don't want to say? Oh, wait a minute here. What Mr. Happened? Taz says, "Hey, Mr. Creamsicle, oh, Mr. Creamsicle, did you dirty with Jody and John D Gun? Oh yeah, what'd you say about me now? Whoa. That you were gonna call me Creamsicle." And once again, you fell into the trap again. You, no. you, did, you did exactly what I thought you were going to do. I did not. I'm referring to something Mr. Taz said. I was not going to call you. I only call you Bluey. Did you say that? Did you say that? Did you say I it? said Mr. Taz said Mr. Cream said. No, you said it, though. You said it out your mouth. When? When did I say it? Just now, when you when you when you referred to Mister, you know. But I read what Mister Taz said. I didn't say that from me. Fell for it hook line to say I knew it. It's like the Jedi mind trick. You know, I said, let me go I'm in and influence Jedi him. Mind I'm, I'm, let I'm me a... go in and influence him. Set the bait up, and you took the bait like a big old catfish. You know, you just threw that bait out there, stinking, and you just fell right into the trap. All right, oh, come so on. you set me up. The creamsicle, yeah. Come on with the cream. No, no. And now that it's been brought to my attention, I would have said. Barrett is sporting the old Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. That's what I would have said. Well, and by the way, I, I love a good creamsicle. I'm a fan. I do too. <laughs> oh man, the creamsicle with the oh. with the white the white ice the vanilla ice cream on the inside. Oh yes. man, unbelievable. That is, I, that is a go. -to I even like popsicle. creamsicle creamsicle soda. It's pretty good also. I used creamsicle to, soda. It made me yeah. so sick the last time I had. Oh yeah, you never had a creamsicle cream uh orange creamsicle soda? No. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's actually bro. good, man. But I've had vanilla cream. Vanilla cream's good. No, so it's, uh, it's cream, like sickle, cream. orange, cream, sickle. All right, all right. Yeah, no, I have to good. try that. Okay, all right. Yeah, but Rob, I cream, Rob, you got to come out of this cave, this bunker. You've been living <sighs> here for the last four decades, bro. I go to like ice, if it's not like regular ice cream, whatever, is I like the cream, sickle. I like uh, ice cream sandwich. I do like I an ice, ice cream sandwich. Yes. I like a fudgicle. Uh, hmm. the fudge still was a little too bland for me, man. Yeah, well, what that's is, right up my alley. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Right. <laughs> Not too many tastes, just no. one taste. And you're good. Yeah, well, everything's that, right? all one contained. You know, you know what it is. It's all good. <laughs> Not getting too crazy. <laughs> See, Tone is right. Ice cream sandwiches. They're like crack, I, man. I, I agree. They are. I'll buy a box of twelve. But see now, but see now that I have a grandson. I gotta watch him because if I go grab grab a couple, oh, you got to hook him up. Yep. But I gotta I gotta ask his parents first. See, I, mm -hmm. I, I even though I break the rules a lot of times, like my son-in-law told me the other day, you've taught Cruz a lot of good things, but you've taught him some bad things too. And I'm like, what? Like what? Like headbutting and burping. Oh yeah, I take pride in that. Oh, <laughs> Actually, no what are grandfathers that. for? They're supposed to <laughs> exactly. you know, pull my finger and do all that kind of stuff. That's what when Cruz was to. like a year and a half old. He woke up in the middle of the night <laughs> and headbutted his dad right across the nose. <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm crying laugh. It wasn't too happy about that, but I'm crying. Who you wake you up? That's a nice alarm <laughs> clock at three AM. Yeah. No, oh you know, God. drumsticks are the best, though. Oh, dude, don't even go there. Don't Let's go there. to go drumsticks where they have the, the chocolate at the end, the very yeah. end. Mm. Amazing. Yeah.
Amazing. Only thing uh, is, you got to be careful because you know some to- a lot of stores you buy them from. When you bite them, the cone is real crispy. But some you bite, they're like styrofoam, man. They've yeah, been sitting in there they've been forever. Sitting there way too long. I'm ticked yeah. off, man. Yeah, Can't yeah. even enjoy. Them. Well, that's no. the worst. Is, is uh, freezer burnt ice cream is the worst. It's so oh, gross. Oh, it's oh, like man. icy. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. You guys do like I do now. When we buy, like Brewsters is my favorite ice cream. Brewsters is good. Brewsters is good. So I'll buy either the quarter or the half gallon. And you know, it sits in the freezer, it freezes. I'll put it in a microwave and let it thaw for like 30 yep. seconds. I like it softer. Yep. Drives my wife nuts. Why are you doing it? I said, because I like my ice cream softer. My favorite is butter pecan. Uh, anybody's butter pecan ice cream, I love. But Brewster's is on another level. Yeah, the oh, one, Brewster's good. are huge in like Delaware, Maryland area. They're they're yes. big, big, yep. big. Uh, you you look like a butter pecan man, bro. That's what, why you got. What what, what, is this, what does that even mean? I mean, your wife she's butter pecan also. Yeah. No, my wife her favorite. No, I'm talking, no, no, I'm talking about. See, that's how that's how you classify women in in, um, in Wu Tang. Wu Tang. Oh, How's geez. that? Chocolate deluxe. You know, is that butter pecan? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I mean, so when I see it in that, hey, baby, uh, Bear said, uh, you <laughs> don't say Bear said, said, you said, you said, no, I'm gonna say you said it. I ain't saying, I'm not, hey, uh, Bear said, uh, Method Man said that, yeah, that? Method no, Man it sounds that. better. Bear says it in my house, it sounds better. Anything that's bad sounds better. Bear. That's right, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that's right. Oh my god, all right, well, you, you guys, you guys will enjoy this. So, the uh, the Harris Mitchell uh, Rayless Group, which now includes Magic Johnson, has officially submitted a fully financed oh, bid yeah. to meet Dan Snyder's six billion dollar asking Ooh-wee. price. Wee, say it again. So the jo- Josh Harris, who owns the Sixers, along with his group and Magic Johnson, have officially submitted a fully financed bid that meets Ooh-wee. the six million dollar asking price of Daniel Snyder. Now. Snyder bought the then Redskins in May of 99 for yep. 800 million. Yep. So in 24 years he's gone from 800 million to 6 billion. Wow. Did you did you uh, did you guys get a chance to read that article I told you about on espn.com about, I started reading it Gunner. Dude, I didn't get through what it. What a story. But there's all these yeah. fines that he supposedly has to pay by the year 2028 mm-hmm. that escalate like 54 million. Man, he sell that team for six billion dollars. Fifty-four million ain't yeah, nothing, even after taxes. Changed. Sixty-four, fifty-something million is nothing. That's coins, man. Billion. That's all that is. That's to him. That's nothing. Oh my that goodness, nothing. It was I nothing know. to him when they when they gave him the fine. He like, I I get to it. I'll yeah, when I get to, he didn't even show up for the hearing. He was no. over in France at some some event. Yeah. He was speaking. His attorneys tried to get him. I mean, you need to get on this call. He refused to do it. Please. That's yeah, how he, cocky that dude is. He's on Daniel Snyder time. He has been his whole life. Um, all right. So a couple other things. Nick Sirianni spoke today. I know people are all worked up. He wasn't in the picture yesterday with all the NFL coaches. I, I, I could care less. Just whatever. For whatever it's worth. The uh, the owners meetings are taking place in Arizona. Uh, so the representation from the Eagles is Howie, Jeffrey Lurie, and Nick Sirianni. Howie spoke yesterday. Nick and I believe Jeffrey speaks later. Uh, hi, Mama Brooks. Um, so – uh, is she still staying with you, Barry? She go back to the no, she Louis went back. Room? She went back. She okay. went back. Yeah, she wasn't there that long. I guess she got tired of you, huh? No, no, no. She had to get <laughs> back. Once again, my mom show up. My mom, she got my, the shirt. Yeah, was that? Well, I thought you were gonna wear it today. Yeah, I was, but I, as you guys saw, I was out and about, had to go to the doctors. Okay, hey, yeah. Uh, did you go on your cream sickle? Was it yes, big deal? Uh, and so it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah mom, mom looking out. 
Absolutely. No, but that's a great good, shirt. Know, that's why I was driving back, you know, and I was on the meeting. But um, I was listening to, uh, you know, at the same uh, time the head coach was on, too. So I had to, you know. All right, what stood what, out, Barrett? I got a bunch of things that stood out to me. What 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 what, what caught your uh, ear? Uh, just just mainly, you know, his description of, um, you know, I, I, I get dialed in when he talks about offensive line and how he, you know, he thinks the Cam Jurgens is going to be a plug in and, you know, cross, um, you know, cross training those guys, you know, they play different positions and, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it makes a lot of sense on how they conduct business on the offensive line uh, from this point. Uh, you know, when, when, you know, Stoutland got here, he's, he's just produced mass produce all these players, all these players have, have gone and, and left and, you know, made big money everywhere they've gone. So, I mean, this, this is amazing. You know, I'm, mom, I hate to do it to you, mom. I hate to do it to you, but you had me 17 years too soon. <laughs> we could have been loaded right now if you'd have just made me stay in there and 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 and, and bake just a, about 17 years longer. We'd have been really rich. Okay, but you wouldn't be <laughs> no, sitting here with us. No, you okay. wouldn't be. No, well, he he don't care about us as it is. Who doesn't care about us, bro? I, I, Rob, you should. Rob, you should hear. What I he love says, you bro. guys, bro. I love Rob, you, you should hear what he says when you ain't listening. You should hear what he says, man. I can't even go into it. I'm emotional. I just get emotional even thinking about it. You get a little misty right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. You're I, right. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy yeah, it. Exactly. What, you know, he you, knows. You just try to do your what, Woody Woodpecker what? routine. That's what? what you usually do. That's what? It. Okay. Yeah. See, Derek. there it is. Eddie Haskell is alive and well. Derek, come on, Derek. You know you're my guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to the doctors, man, and 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 I said, yeah, I got a great supporting cast. I got people that care about me. You know what I'm saying? I do, I do. Exactly. You know, so you know, I had to I had to get a physical. You, you, Everything you all right? Your... We good? I'm I'm great, bro. Everything is where it's supposed to be. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Everything is where it's supposed. Yeah, to be. Yeah, like... supposed to be, bro. You know, right. nothing all out right. of source. You know, numbers the way they're supposed to be, and everything. I was I was kind of shocked. Yeah. You know, I thought I was I thought I was gonna walk, and then all of a sudden, boom. Right. I'm good. I'm good. I'm there That's you go. Good. I'm good, good, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm, but you know, back to you guys. You know, you, you guys taking care of yourself. You going to the doctor every six months? Uh, yeah. Every, okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah. yeah. Every six you months. got, you kind of said that kind of hesitant, Rob. I, Rob, when was the last time you were the doctor? No, I did. I, ha- I did go recently. I'm good. Yeah, I'm all good. Well, was okay. you what happened to me? Is, uh, I told you guys this. My doctor left and didn't even tell anybody. Oh, that's right. An email or, oh, yeah. Maybe it says something about me. <laughs> maybe she was like, "Whoa, man, this guy is so." So bad. Things are so bleak. I'm out of here. Right, right. Well, my, doc, my doctor did the same thing, uh, but luckily, and here's the thing. I walk in. They'd already transferred me to another doctor that was still in the office that I would go to. Yeah. Turned out to be a great dude. He's a great, great guy. He's very insightful. You know, sit and talk to you, answer any questions you want. You know, a lot of these, lot of these doctor's offices now, man, are like uh, uh, assembly line. They get you in and out quick as possible. And you're sitting there going, I just paid for this. I mean, you barely, uh-huh. you barely check your heart rate and all this. But this doctor, I, I, you know, I like this. I like my former doctor, but this, this dude is, he's really good, really thorough, uh, explain, has all these graphs and charts, explains things to you, you know. And I got target points I still got to hit, but, you know, at least he gives me motivation. Plus, I got a wife and three kids on my case all the time, man, you know. I, I can't that. win. I, you I, know, I, you yeah, got to be I, set I, on the straight and narrow sometimes, bro. That's true. I, I agree. I do, because you know what? I'm a lone wolf. I admit it. I'm stubborn. I admit it. Right, right, you got, right. You got people. You got people around you to reel you back in. Every that, now and absolutely, then. absolutely. That's you know, and, and you it's, we we gotta have that too, man. So, you know, I'm just making sure everybody got their uh, got their uh, you know, their their testing done. Make sure everything's where it's supposed to be, working the way it's supposed to be. Yep. You know, 
because that's big, you know, especially with, you know, athletes at this point, the, the average age of mortality rate for NFL football players is not very, very high. You no, know what I'm saying? Not. So you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. So yeah, true. Very true. Um, all right. So a couple, a couple other odds and ends that, that jumped out at me from, from what Nick said today. Um, so he said, if there is a new deal in place for Jalen Hurts, that won't change the approach. We're, we're going to go about things the same way. In other words, we're not trying to you know, preserve him and not worry about him getting hurt. So I love that. Uh, he said that Hertz has been living at the facility, living in the weight room. This guy's going to be – he's going to squat 800 pounds, you, you know, by, by the time the season starts this year. They'll really change them. They'll, they'll really want to change it up then. Yeah, the tush push will – yeah, we'll, we'll definitely go bye-bye after that. But uh, – so that's good. He likes the side. He likes the, the – it's a very similar system to what Gannon runs. Eagles fans, you'll enjoy that. Enjoy that one, Eagles fans. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear what Rob's going to come up with to replace the Ganwag. I know. I decide's uh, not I an easy it. one. No, uh, it's not. I'm a no. decide guy. I could go there, maybe. I don't know. I got to figure that part out. Doesn't have the same ring to it. No. Um, he loves his running back situation, but he didn't out and out say that they're not interested in Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he basically said he you know, can't wait to get up close and personal with, with, with Penny and see what he brings to the table. He's been a big fan from afar of him. Uh, high praise for Mariota. Basically sort of intimated a little bit. If Mariota was their backup, he may have played that last regular season game that they needed to win to, to lock up Ooh. the number one seed overall. A little bit. If you, if you read between the lines a little bit, it felt like that. It's on running downs. He said on running downs. Not, um, as far as running situation, situational football, is he saying – during the game, pull out Jalen and put Mariota in there, or is he talking about the last two games? Yeah, I, you know, I, I I thought he meant the last two. I I, I hope they don't pull that nonsense, man. Well, you know what I, I would have counted. It could have been red either way. The way he said it, yeah. And you know what I would have counted with Nick? Did you see uh, Mariota play this past season? <laughs> did, did, you, right. did you really watch him close? Right, and, and right. Watch right, him right. play, uh, Nick. That might not have been a good move. Might not have. Yeah, that that is to me like he's a fine backup, but I don't you don't want extended Mario to time, in my opinion. Uh, He's just not that guy, but he's fine as a backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as a long term starter, but I think he'll he'll be in a system that I think will be good for him. I think this system will work very well for his skill set. You're going to get the most out of him at this point. He's only he's not even 30 yet. Seems like he's been around a little longer. (laughs) That's uh, that's crazy. I can't believe he's not 30 yet. Yep. Um, all right, so that was interesting. The other thing that really from yesterday um, that, that stood out was Howie Roseman, and he was pretty frank about this. He said, look, we told all of our free – like we knew – we told everybody up front going into the offseason that, A, we, we had a bit of a limited budget because we, we were still working on a deal with, with Jalen. And, you know, certain free agents that we prioritized, we went to them early. And said to them, look, here's what we're looking at. We'd love to have you back, but we do need to know pretty quickly here because we, there's a lot of other balls in the air that we're, we're kind of juggling here. And he made it seem like, you know, they went to CJGJ, gave him a pretty good offer, and CJGJ was trying to play the field to get the offer up to a field that, by the way, other than Jesse Bates, nobody really got paid. Nobody. Okay? Yep, yep. So – you know, at some point, Howie said we had to pivot off of it. You, you go into every offseason with you know, with the knowledge that you're going to have to pivot at some point, and we couldn't keep waiting. We pivoted off, you know, and, and the rest is kind of history. 
So, like, I just think whether it was CJ, whether it was his management, which has proven to be kind of, you know, whatever that ridiculous tweet they put out, I, I think they misread this thing. And, you know, now he's in Detroit for six and a half million where he could have been here for better money with a, with a better team and an assistant he knows very well. I thought it was eight million. It's six and a half with some incentives. Yeah, to get to eight. See, that's crazy, man. So, I mean, you had a better contract, more money. And you throw it out because you you being greedy. I mean, it happens. You know, it happens. Here's what I think happened. Once once Jesse signed early for sixty four million, not just see the CJ, but other safeties as well held out. Wait a minute, if he gets sixty four, let's see what we can do here. And then all of a sudden, a few days later, you started seeing numbers trickle in from other safeties that's that capped at twelve and fifteen. Now, if you're a reputable, smart agent. <clears throat> You're identifying this real quick and realizing that whatever Bates got, nobody else is getting, and you adjust accordingly. The fact, and as I reported on this show, up until CJ signed a week, up, up until a week before he signed, the Eagles offered him the money a second time. Right. And he still turned it down and ended up in Detroit for six and a half with a potential to make eight. Tells me, number one, <clears throat> his agent needs to be fired. Number two, CJ may have not been the player we thought he was because he started taking shots at the Eagles organization. Yep. Um, you see a lot of players, <clears throat> when they leave, they just ride off into the sunset, don't say anything negative. A few players do take the CJ route and take shots at their former employer. I get that. You look at um, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is a, is a big-time player. When he left Seattle, he took shots at Seattle. Yep. But somewhere along the line, they were able to mend their fence, and he came back. I don't know if CJ's coming back through this door after one year in Detroit, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I think that he is he's a highly volatile guy. He's very emotional. Like anytime you're you know, you're playing, you're always firing off, you know, tweets like that. And look, the Eagles have some guys, Slay's like that, AJ Brown's like that. There are guys that are like that. But you know, I, I think CJ GJ is is kind of mad at the wrong people. Like this was what the market was, man. And this yep. was everybody telling yep. you that. It wasn't just the Eagles. So deal with it. You know, more than anything else, it's like, and it's too, look, I, I think it's also one of the reasons why teams are hesitant to lock him in maybe long-term is because there's, you got to deal with some of that kind of stuff. You can't continue to think that, you know, there, there may be some, some issues with him being in a locker room and, and some stuff that I'm not, I'm not saying there was, I'm not saying that, you know, there was some, you know, times where they had to put fires out in the locker room because I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying that could be a possibility, you know, why a team will just, move on from you like that or it just might be that all right you know he just wasn't worth you know what he was asking you know because of the antics that happened afterwards you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. I mean, teams don't have to do that anymore you know what i'm saying this is it's a small fraternity of nfl football players and you don't have to take mm -hmm. that you know as an organization you know what i'm saying so yeah we know the way they mm -hmm. like the players that they like in that locker room are, are players that you know that that fit that whole culture that they have, you know, and I guess they thought it just wasn't worth it to, to, to pay the money and, 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 you know, keep pursuing them if he didn't want to be pursued. Right. It's a great point. Well, yeah. you know, and Howie, going back to a point, Howie made, you know, they were working with a limited budget this off season. Uh, they did a lot better than anybody anticipated with a limited budget. I mean, you got your two cornerbacks back. Okay. You, you, you lost CJ, but you bring in a Terrell Edmonds and hopefully he is, well, we hope he is. You knew you were going to lose Sam Malo, but you already have a depth in the offensive line in in the, in the fold. 
So it's not like you were decimated like a lot of teams are being decimated by free agency, and you're scrambling now figuring out what you're going to do. I mean, this team is still in a very good place uh, in terms of competing next season and being that number one seed again in 2023. So kudos to Howie. I mean, you know, he was smart enough to know how he was going to be cap restraint in a lot of ways, but he got guys to come back in on friendly deals. I mean, yep. he did. You know, he did. So, very I mean, much so. You can't ask for more than that. Yep. I'm, I'm shocked Bradbury and Slay. I'm shocked. Well, Cox uh, and Cox and Graham. Yeah. I'm, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, Derek. I mean, way I, below I, market value. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Yeah. So they, that, that was. I thought that was interesting there. And like I said, we'll hit a bunch of other stuff. The Sixers uh, lose to the Nuggets last night. No Embiid, no Harden, uh, and there's a lot of controversy around the Embiid situation, and you know whether or not he should have sat on Saturday uh, on that back to back the game in Phoenix and then played last night against the Joker. Joker goes for a triple double again. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you this stat, which we're going to dive harder into the Sixers coming up at, at about 1.30, but I saw this on ESPN today. The, there's only been one player who's missed 14 games or more and won an MVP, and it's Bill Walton in 1978. Mm. It's been you know it's been a long time. And Bede's at 14 now. So I don't know. Like, it, Look, to me, he's shown that he'll play back-to-backs, that he'll play banged up, whatever. But this whole thing on this stage against Joker, it, it's – perception sometimes becomes reality with some of these these you know these aren't robots these are humans who vote on this kind of thing and i don't know that that hurt him or not uh but it may have and it, the timing of it was very curious to me why well, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't just do it on saturday did you hear what they i mean a couple you know notable uh um basketball analysts are like all right you know some are like perkins perkins is, is a Kendrick uh, perkins yep yeah he's he's a he's a guy that um that votes on the MVP. Yes. And they say, you know, when he, when voting comes around, he's going to remember and be sitting out during this time. I mean, do you think that Embiid has enough power or pull to just say, all right, mm-hmm. I want to play this game and I'm, 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 I'm I don't want to sit out. Does he have that much cachet? Cause everything I know about Embiid, he wants to crush, crush this guy every yeah. time he plays him. And he didn't play this time. I thought it was more so, that he was acting in a more mature way, understanding that his body, that he didn't want to put his body through this, that he wants to think about the long haul, the long haul of, of winning a championship as opposed to a one-on-one matchup for an individual um, award as opposed to the you know bigger, grander scheme of what's they're, what they're trying to accomplish this year. Uh, I think if he really wanted to play last night, he would have. I do. I, 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 I just think um... – I don't know. It was strange to me. Like I, I, I think he. I, I don't. Hey, we don't. We ultimately we don't know how bad that calf is. By the way, let's. Well, just that, but do you don't think it's a maturity level that? All right, I'm past being maybe individual, a selfish individual, and wanting the MVP in it, spite of. But if I'm big picturing this organizationally, and I'm him, he's not playing that back to back game. He already had the calf issue. Like, why? Why am I not protecting him against himself in in the second of a back to back? I think the management and the coaching staff and the trainers are protecting him from himself, whether he wants to play or not. I mean, we're talking about a lingering foot injury. We're now talking a couple now with a calf injury. You're at the stretch run of the season, and as much as you want to play, and even if that MVP is in, embedded in your mind, you have to be protected from yourself because the bigger picture is at second season. We have to go out and prove people wrong. We cannot have you hobbling through that second season. 
no matter where we finish in the standings, we need you full bore come that second season. We have to find a way to get past the second round embarrassment that we've endured the last couple of years. You have to. Let's kick it around at 1.30. Let's come yeah. back, and we'll, we'll get Shield Kapadia's opinion on this. Shield follows hoops very closely as well. But we'll uh, we're going to talk to Shield Kapadia about all things Eagles, NFL, and we will mix in some Sixers, maybe some Phillies. We'll make it a little Phillies prediction from Shield as well uh, from the ringer when we come back. Looking forward to talking with him. He's Derek. He's Barrett. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now, 12.30, man, who's hungry? I am. Uh, Bravo Pizza in Havertown. Uh, and we're thrilled to have him as one of our new sponsors here. And on Sports Take and Jacob Sports YouTube channel. They've been awesome. Uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal place over the years. I've been going there literally since 1985, since I was a kid. And Alex and the crew, they're open seven days a week. All the food is fresh. None of that sitting under a heat lamp thing. And the beauty is Bravo has 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They, I'm an upside down guy, personally. And that's my go-to. And they know when I, as soon as I get there, boom. Let's go. And it's the best. I, I, last Friday, uh, this past Friday. You name it, they'll make it, though. So 20 different styles of pizza, but you can call up and, and get it, put your request in for a certain type of pizza. They'll do it. And it's not just pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wings, wraps, salads, fries, you name it. They're also committed to the community, whether it's a fundraiser for a charity, a school, a little league. All the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Also specials and promotions there. 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That is 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give a call right now, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Right. Welcome back, everybody. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. Thrilled to talk to our next guest. It's uh, It's been a minute. He does an awesome job. And you can check out his writing and his podcasting at The Ringer. And, of course, you can, you can hear his his vocal stylings, uh, Spotify, uh, but does an awesome job. Formerly The Athletic, ESPN, Philly Mag. Follow him on Twitter, at Sheil Kapadia. Sheil, what's going on, my man? What's up, guys? How you doing? What's going on, man? All right, let's start with the important stuff, Shield. Should Embiid have played last night? If he did play last night, why not sit him in Phoenix? What is going on, man? He should have sat against Phoenix. I mean, I don't know how you play him against Phoenix on the second end of a back-to-back where we all watched him against Golden State. I mean, the performance he put in, and then to not get the win, you say, all right, let's give him a day off at Phoenix. You have a Amen. day off after Phoenix. And then you play Monday night against Denver. So I don't know what they were doing a week ago. I said, let's just get Harden and beat and Maxi healthy for the playoffs. I don't care about seating. I don't care about anything else. And now you've got Embiid with the calf. You've got Harden with the Achilles. And all of a sudden, this season that felt so different might not feel so different anymore uh, a month from now. We'll see. See, I've been screaming that. I've been screaming that for, for the past month now. I need health instead of positioning. You know, I mean, I would love both. But realistically, health means more to me than position. But you could have got both. Sit him against Phoenix. Let him play last night. No? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, you could have. You're right. You're right. Shield, I got a bad feeling This these little nagging, lingering injuries that Embiid has is going to carry over into the second season. This is We've been down this path before. We've read this story before. Um, and I just got a bad feeling that we're going we're gonna to see him limping through the playoffs again. Yeah, I know. And this season really, to me, felt different from the previous versions of these yeah. MB teams. I mean, I was pretty bullish on this team a week or two ago with the way Maxi's playing, with the way their role players are playing. But it's like you said, I mean, you really need Embiid to be Superman in the playoffs to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, especially going on the road against Boston. And so you need him and Harden, honestly, to be uh, 100% in the playoffs. So it's impossible to know, hey, we still have some time. So let's just relax treatment, forget about everything else, and leave, let's see what it looks like in game one of the first round of the playoffs. All right, let, let's dig in on the birds, man. Um, we haven't spoken since a, a, a lot. I think it was Super Bowl maybe was the last time we spoke, but uh, since a lot of this has gone down. Uh, we, we, we had this question amongst ourselves yesterday. We kind of batted this around. I'm curious where you stand. If you look at their offseason thus far, with still a lot of time to go, obviously. We haven't even gotten to the draft. But would you say thus far, they're better, worse, or the same? Uh, than they were when the season ended in in Arizona, whatever, a month plus ago? I would have to say worse pretty clearly. I mean, just you look at it from a talent perspective, you're going to have more questions at linebacker. You're going to have more questions at safety. You're going to have a little bit of a question there at right guard. So now those aren't your premium positions. I'm not, you know, you didn't lose a quarterback or uh, a left tackle or an edge rusher or anything like that. So um, I'm not saying they're all of a sudden a mediocre team or a bad team. I think they're still a very good team. One of the best teams in the NFC. But if you're just asking me to compare 
who they are now compared to that team that played in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. I mean, to me, it's uh, it's pretty easy to say that they're going to be at least a little bit worse. Mm. From a from a from a team balance standpoint, we know that they're going to be an offensive heavy team, and you know we've seen a shift. You know that you know used to be the defenses won championships. Do the Eagles have enough on the offensive side of the ball to give them just as much success as they had? You know, what I'm saying last year because they're heavily offensively. Last year they were kind of a balance because they had a great defense. Also, do they have enough on the offensive side of the ball to take them where they need to go? I think so, and it's a good point you make. I mean, if you just kind of zoom out and look at it league-wide and how a lot of different teams are building their rosters, it really has been more offensive efficiency, kind of carries over year to year. Like if you have the same quarterback and the same offensive scheme, you can be good and be in the mix year after year. It doesn't mean you're going to win the Super Bowl or even get to the Super Bowl every year, but defense has a little more variance with the turnovers and the injuries and things like that. So I think they're in good shape uh, offensively. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, these are guys who are either in their prime or ascending players. I mean, they're all, what, 27 years old uh, or younger. And so you have that. I just put faith in in Jeff Stoutland and, and the offensive line that even if you have an injury here or there, or you have some older players, or you have to fill a hole at right guard, that basically they're going to be able to figure it out. So we'll see what that looks like in August when they get through the draft and add some bodies. But yeah, I mean, I would expect them to have a, a, a top five, a top eight offense once again next season. And I think that'll be enough to really get them in the mix in, in the NFC. Shield, I think the biggest question mark has to be on the dis- defensive side of the ball, revamp coaching staff led by a new coordinator we don't know a lot about his his scheme and as i've jokingly said to these guys i hope he has a scheme and not a philosophy like his predecessor but it's going it's going to take a while for the two to mesh in terms of the players understanding what's expected of them and him understanding how to implement his players at strategic moments of a game and that's not something that you're going to be able to fully come to grips with in OTAs and training camp because they don't play anybody in preseason anymore. Yeah, it's – listen, he's going to be in a – now, I've, I've said this before. The defense is going to take a step back this upcoming season. I don't think they're going to take a step back because of the defensive coordinator change. I mean, we've talked about, I, I think, Jonathan Gannon, my previous uh, stops here, and so we don't need to get into a long, long discussion <laughs> about that. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is the talent's not going to be as good as it was last year. You're going to be worse at linebacker. You're going to be work at, worse at safety. And, by the way, corner is a position, and we've seen this with the Eagles before. Once guys get into their early 30s, when they fall, when they start to decline, like, it goes pretty quickly. I mean, if you look at just around the league last year, I think the only guys who started games at corner who were like 32 or older, I think Patrick Peterson might have been the only guy. And now you've got Darius Slay uh, hitting that age. James Bradbury will be 30 once the season starts. So that's going to be a bit of a question mark. And then it, the schedule strength. I mean, they did not face a great, uh, you know, opposing uh, quarterbacks last year and so the schedule is going to get a lot tougher this year specifically from a defensive standpoint so to me what do i want to see i I want to see what what you just said gunner like are they doing things schematically where you say okay it might not have worked it might not have shut out the other team but i can see what he's doing there i like the aggressiveness i like how he switched up his game plan based on the opponent because if you're going to go in with a great offense really what you need is a defensive coordinator who can come up with enough wrinkles in a one game playoff against a great quarterback 
to keep you in the game or help you win the game. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen in the Super Bowl. I mean, they needed one play in the second half, just one play, and they weren't able to do anything to slow down the Chiefs. So that's really what it comes down to. To me, it's not about what do the statistics say with the defense at the end of the season. I mean, they might be like 15th in defense rather than top five in defense. But do you have yep. a little more faith that just in that one-game playoff, you're going to be able to cook something up against a great quarterback or a great play caller. Shia, what, what do you make of the uh, Gardner Johnson thing? The way it all played out. Um, do you look at more, look at it more as, hey, look, the Eagles should have somehow figured out a way to keep this guy, or he misread this thing, his agent misread this thing, whatever. How, how do you view the way it all led to him being a Detroit Lion, not an Eagle? Yeah, I think you would have to say that him and his agent misread the situation i mean i went into i do the free agency rankings and i try to look at who signed last year and like my floor for chauncey gardner johnson was like around 10 10 and a half million dollars per year i thought if he takes that that's going to be a team-friendly deal and then he gets one year six and a half million dollars like i don't i don't think you can say anything other than his side probably misread the situation had lofty goals at the beginning of free agency didn't get them and then all of a sudden kind of got mm-hmm. stuck there now having said that if you told me beginning of free agency, Eagles would have had a chance to bring back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for one year at $6.5 million, we all would have said, yes, absolutely, 100%. Don't think twice about that. And so from an Eagles perspective, you're losing one of your younger, potentially ascending players on defense, 25 years old. So that matters from an Eagles perspective. Having said that, I can see it from their end. I mean, they tried to make an offer early on. It wasn't there. They moved on. And then I think they were probably a little bit worried about, man, if we bring him back on that one year, six and a half million dollar deal, is he going to be happy? Mm-hmm. What's he going to be like in, in the locker room? How's he going to play? All those things. Cause that was a big reason why the saints gave him up for nothing. I mean, it was really a similar situation one year with the saints, they trade him for nothing uh, another year with the Eagles. And then they just kind of let him walk in free agency. Hmm. Well, let me ask you this then where, where are they at as far as I don't want to start any forest fires or anything, you know, but, and I don't want to say anything. There's nothing to do with, you know, any other quarterback in the league as far as being disgruntled or you don't want to get traded or anything, you know. But where are they at, you think, in the process of, of signing Jalen? What's what's the reason? What's your reasoning why he hasn't signed on the dotted line? Both parties agreed that he's going to make the money. What would you think would be a sticking point for them, um, you know, each one of them, you know, kind of, you know, digging their heels into the dirt? I think timing is just part of it. You know, a lot of the teams, they want to get the uh, the rest of their roster in place because you have time to get the quarterback uh, deal done. And we've seen historically with Jeffrey Lurie, this hasn't been an issue. I mean, they've just been aggressive. They're not low-balling the quarterback. Michael Vick, uh, Donovan McNabb, Carson Wentz. Listen, for better or worse, their philosophy is let's be aggressive and let's get ahead of the market if we have somebody that we like. But it is impossible to talk about Hurts without looking at the rest of the quarterback market because you've got Lamar Jackson, you've got Joe Burrow, you've got Justin Herbert. And so agents have to decide, do we want to get our deal done or do we want to let someone else sign? And then we can say, well, we want above what this player signed. And then the guaranteed money aspect of it, from the Deshaun Watson deal last year, that's probably the biggest storyline in the league right now, honestly, with, with the Lamar Jackson thing. Like, if all these quarterbacks, if they just met somewhere this weekend and said, hey, let's all make this a sticking point, that we're not signing unless we get fully guaranteed deals, it's time for a shift in the NFL for players to be taken care of better, 
then the owners all of a sudden will have a problem on their hands because, I mean, they can use the franchise tag, but uh, we all know that if, if the Eagles or the Bengals were, were to use the non-exclusive franchise tag on their quarterbacks, um, you know, you, you would certainly have a, have a market for them. So I think there's a lot of those different things at play here. And the last thing is I don't know what Jalen Hurts wants. Does he care about a guaranteed deal, a, you know, a, a fully guaranteed deal? Does he want a longer-term deal like Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes, those guys really helped their teams because they signed longer-term deals where he can spread the money out. Jalen Hurts, if he wants to maximize his earning potential, he might say, give me a three- or four-year deal. The cap's going to spike. I'll hit the market again. We'll do another deal in four years, and my number will be even higher. So uh, I don't know specifically what, what Jalen Hurts wants, but I do think under Jeffrey Lurie with quarterbacks, the Eagles have really kind of earned the benefit of the doubt that you feel like, you know, just be patient, and they're probably going to be able to get something done. Hey, Shield, if the Eagles stay in that 10 spot, since they brought Greedy Williams in, do you think they would shy away from a corner if they stayed in the 10 hole? I don't think so. I think Greedy Williams, you know, I think what smart teams do is they try to set a floor before the draft. And so they say, hey, if we had to play a game tomorrow, could we play a game? Because you don't want to force picks in the draft. We've seen that in the past. When they force a position, that's when things go badly. So I think that's what more the Greedy Williams signing was about, was about depth. I think ideally, you know, he's a number four cornerback. I don't think he's guaranteed to even, you know, make the roster, honestly, depending on how healthy he is, how he plays at training camp. So I think if there's the right guy there at 10, or even if you trade back a little bit and you like one of these guys, uh, Joey Porter, Christian Gonzalez, uh, Devon Weatherspoon from Illinois, if you like one of those guys. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you can draft over Greedy Williams um, and then kind of figure it out. Like they didn't make such a financial commitment to him that I think it changes your draft plans. Yeah, Shield, I know there's there's a danger in just picking for need. That can get you in trouble. And the Eagles have always cautioned against that with the way they've gone about it. But there are some clear and present needs here, man. You know, like linebacker safety. And I'm not saying with the tent pick necessarily, but that's got to probably be addressed pretty high, No. Yeah, it's a fine line. I mean, I don't believe any GM who says, you know, you don't draft for need at all. I mean, of course you do. You're not going to draft a quarterback, you know, right. in the first round. You're not going to, in my opinion, draft a wide receiver in the first round. You've got young ascending players under contract for multiple years. That's just uh, a bad use of resources. So um, they do have need. Now, historically, linebacker and safety are not positions that they value. So I'm not telling you they're not going to even running back. Really, we can look at it. I mean, that Rashad Penny contract, they didn't commit a lot of money to Rashad Penny and Rashad Penny has not stayed healthy for his career. So those are like three positions that I would say maybe day two. I mean, it wouldn't shock me with the 30th pick. If you go there, I would be pretty surprised at number 10, if you stay there that you address any of those needs. So I think Howie Roseman, whether it's luck, patience or whatever, they've been able to fill some needs later in the off season than typically you would think. I mean, look at James Bradbury, like, Last year, if they don't, if James Bradbury doesn't get released and they they're not the highest bidder, who's playing corner for the Eagles in Week One? I mean, it could change really the whole complexion of that defense, maybe this season. So I think you you can be patient to a degree. You can try to, like I said, set the floor at some of those positions with that, which I think they've done a little bit with Nicholas Morrow and uh, you know the safety signings with Terrell Edmonds. But honestly, the big thing is they need young players from 2022 to step up. I mean, Jordan Davis 
needs yep. to be a guy at defensive tackle. N'Kobe Dean, mm -hmm. you need to be reading uh, reports in August at training camp that N'Kobe Dean has made the leap and he's ready to start and the coaches love what he's done this offseason. I think that's a big factor in filling those needs as much as it is looking ahead to this draft. How are you? How much are you buying into Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean? I mean, is it is it almost impossible to tell based off of playing time? We have much a better sample size, obviously, of Jordan Davis. But do you have confidence that those guys are going to step in and be those players? I'm kind of more prove it mode. I would say, okay. you know, okay. I, I mean, just because we can only go off what we saw last year. I thought Jordan Davis was a fine prospect who had legitimate questions about him in terms of the lack of production in college, how he was used in college, the number of snaps. And what I saw in film from last year was not great with Jordan Davis. I mean, I thought he was, you know, he was okay. He showed a couple flashes, not a lot. But when you can sign a guy like Linville Joseph off the street in the middle of the season, and that's an upgrade over your rookie first-round pick, that's not great. Now, having said that, defensive tackles typically take some time to develop, and he had injuries last year, so I'm not going to bury the guy at all. Like, let, let's see what he looks like this year. And then the Kobe Dean, you know, it was like every week you thought, you know what, is he going to like play himself into some type of defensive package or even a starting role? And it just never happened. He was he, the, in the coach's mind. He was never better than Kaiser White or uh, TJ Edwards. And so I'm not telling you that means he's not going to be a good player, but that's what we go off uh, in year one. So let's just kind of see what it looks like in year two. That That's kind of where I'm at. Give well, me your evaluation. I'm sorry, but give me your evaluation of them bringing Terrell Edmonds in to solidify the back end of that defense. Yeah, you know, I think he's – I think in their ideal scenario, Terrell Edmonds would probably not have been their first choice or might not even be starting, would be more of a depth piece. I think he's uh, – you know, I think he's an, probably an average starter is what the yeah. market would tell you. He's been a free agent two years in a row, and there hasn't been much of a market for him. I mean, even last year, he goes back to Pittsburgh on kind of a, a minor deal there. So I have no issue with the move because at least he's a young player – uh, he started in this league. I don't think he's going to kill you if you have to play him. At the same time, uh, I think you're probably taking a, a bit of a step down from what you had last year. Even with Marcus Epps, I mean, Marcus Epps got, what, $6 million on the open market, and Terrell Edmonds didn't kind of sniff a deal at that range. So that kind of tells you what the league thought about, you know, whether there was a difference between those two players. He's going to show you a little bit. I, I guarantee that he's going to show you a little bit. But let me ask you this. Give me your ranking as far as order of importance in holes they need to fill. Mine, I'm gonna give you just just two of mine. One is, like you said, still the safety position, but I think um, that third wide receiver spot is, is is something they need to address. Someone they need to address that you know come in and, and be um, a, a difference maker because at this point, you know, it's pretty underwhelming with Quez and his ability to take the top. I don't think he, he he's reliable enough to take the top off because of his issues with catching. What direction do you think they should go in those two places? Yeah, I think I think safety is a, is a tough one. I, I think you have to look at the draft uh, certainly, and then you have to kind of see are there opportunities like a Chauncey Gardner Johnson from last year, where you're able to make a trade in the summer, bring someone in, um, you know, to to fill a role. So there's no easy answer there, but I'm with you. I think ideally, you know, you're not starting Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship or Justin Evans, who's kind of a wild card there two of those guys at safety in week one. And then wide receiver three is tricky for me. I'm with you in your general premise that uh, you'd like an upgrade there. Certainly there's no doubt about it. 
I don't think you want to spend big resources to address that spot. Just because if you look at it, that's going to be what your fourth most targeted player, right? I mean, you got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. So yeah, you right, can't right. be spending a high draft pick or a lot of money at that spot just because that person's not going to not going to see a lot of playing time. Now, I can make the argument that you know you want to kind of protect yourself if Brown or Smith suffers an injury. You want someone who can step in. Uh, they're also so. Like, I think there's a – like, if they took a wide receiver on day two of the draft and they said, hey, this guy's pro-ready, he's going to play in the slot from day one, he's got versatility where he can play on the outside if one of those guys get in, gets injured, um, I don't think that would be a bad idea if that's, like, their best player uh, available. So, um, you know, Quez, I'm, I'm with you. Like, you know, you wish you would have seen a little bit more out of him. You wish he would have come through in some bigger spots last year if he has to start next year it's not the end of the world but uh, i'm kind of with you i would like to see some competition um kind of another option there with your your third wide receiver Shield, how confident are you in, in cam jurgens just plugging in there at that guard spot at least until kelsey hangs it up yeah i mean after the draft last year i remember thinking does this guy have guard versatility because if not why are you spending the what 51st overall pick on a center because i just feel like kelsey's gonna go year to year and he's gonna you know i, I don't know I think it would almost have to take a bad team season or something bad physically for him to just say, I don't want to play anymore. I mean, if the team's playing well and he's feeling okay physically, he seemed to be having a great time last year. He's playing at a high level. So I question that use of resources a little bit. Now I think he'll Jurgens will get the opportunity. I don't think he was an obvious fit at guard at the same time. I do kind of give their coaching staff the benefit of the doubt there. And I think he was a very good prospect. I thought he was an excellent uh, center prospect like if Kelsey went down I think he would come in and maybe wouldn't be as good but would play well so I kind of give him the benefit of uh, the doubt with the offensive linemen I mean just what 2021 we like it wasn't talked about at all but there's two starting guards did not play that year and they still had a top five offensive line so they're kind of able to identify these guys I think they give Stoutland uh, a pretty big voice in kind of the draft, uh, in scouting these guys, and he's been able to make it work. Sheila, are you ready to give up on the Quez Watkins experiment and move on? I mean, kind of like I always say, like, yeah, ideally you would have an upgrade there, um, but if he, you know, I, I wouldn't say just, like, give him up for nothing, release him, anything like that. I, I understand fans' frustrations, and certainly when you watch them, you have some of those frustrations. But uh, if he has to play, it's okay. It's not ideal. You had a top five offense last year, and he was your slot, and he was your number three receiver. Um, but, yeah, I would be looking to see if there's a way to upgrade from that, that spot. Love it, Let me ask you about the nationally here, Lamar Jackson. This thing gets weirder as the days go on. Um, is there an end in sight? Is it? Do you feel like even you know, Harbaugh saying yesterday we still love him? He's our guy. We're planning everything around him, and yet I don't know something's off here. What, what do you think ends up happening there? Yeah, I mean, I listen. Never say never. Situations are salvageable. You know, there are financial apologies as we all these right. things are at play. At the same time, if you're asking me where he's playing next year, I, I don't think it's going to be on the Ravens. I mean, mm -hmm. I think this thing has gotten too personal, too emotional. Uh, and I think that let's wait until after the draft. I think there are teams that are probably saying, well, we don't want to make a move now because we, one of these quarterbacks might slip to us or we might be able to move up a little in the draft to get a quarterback. But once the draft is over, there are going to be teams that say, man, that didn't go as planned. We didn't get a guy, and now we have to just reassess and look at all options. So I think there are still teams out there. I mean, I think the Colts 
have been pretty open that they're not slamming the door. On Lamar Jackson, I think there could be a surprise team, a team like the Detroit Lions. I look at them and say they're ready to win right now. And I know Jared Goff had a good year last year. But, man, you plug Lamar Jackson in there with what he's got around him. Like, that's a Super Bowl contending team uh, next year. A team like the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Kirk Cousins is in the final year of his contract. They did one year, one year, one year. Kirk Cousins is still there, but he's not there next year. And that's a team that doesn't really have – they're not going to be bad enough to be drafting in the top five in the draft, in my opinion. They don't have anyone on the roster who they're grooming. Are they kind of a surprise team? To watch, so uh, I think a team like that after the draft will talk to the Ravens, will talk to Lamar, and I think a key point here is the contract Lamar signs with the new team is not necessarily a contract he would sign with the Ravens. Like we see that, like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, like right. the deal he signed with the Lions was probably not a deal he was willing to sign with the Eagles because there's hurt feelings and you feel like the team wronged you um, in that scenario. So uh, I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be playing elsewhere. In 2023, Sheila, we sit here today, real quick. uh, As we sit here today, we watch all the movings and shakings going on around the NFC in particular. Saints have their quarterback now. Um, You know, Washington has one of the best offensive minds in the game coordinating. As we sit here right now, we look at the Eagles, who consider to have one of the toughest, if not the toughest, schedule coming up. Who do you think the biggest threat is to the Eagles in the NFC? I'm probably going too much up the last year, but I think I would still say the 49ers. I mean, okay. and that's crazy, crazy to say because I don't even I couldn't tell you who's starting a quarterback for the 49ers <laughs> in week one and week ten in the playoffs. But it's still it's still a very talented roster. Uh, it's a well coached team, and I think that they're at least going to be uh, in the mix there. So yeah, I would still probably lean towards San Francisco. Okay. Uh, out the door, Shield. Philly's prediction: uh, Do they win the East? How far do they go? Uh, I will say, I think I got them at 94 wins. I, I can't remember the last time I was this excited about a Phil, uh, about a Philly season. I mean, I think it's going to be a party uh, at the ballpark every night. I think we're going to have uh, kind of a throwback to that, that 2007 to 11 range. Um, so I've got 94 wins, which in this division, probably not enough to, to win the NLE. It's a nasty so, division. Yeah, yeah, it's a nasty division. So I'll say wild card. But listen, uh, Eagles, I speak about objectively as a non-fan perspective Phillies I'm just going to say they're going to the World Series because I'm just no fan <laughs> mode, uh, with the Phillies so I'll say 94 wins and they're, they're going to go back and we're all going to have a really fun season watching I love your honesty Shiel. uh we appreciate it she will check you out on the ringer and of course uh great content there with your podcast your writing and at Shiel Capadia on Twitter she'll appreciate it man thanks good talking to you, all right. you thanks bro. guys take care good. all right take care that's shook by funny funny answer there on the Phillies all right let's come back we keep it rolling man the killer guests just keep on rolling you know who's on deck he's warm man. he's got the pine tar he's got he's got the donut on the bat right now he's actually swinging two bats <laughs> as we speak the one and only Michael Barkham when we come back don't go anywhere we are sports take Jacob sports YouTube network all right let me tell you about Jim Murray and principal financial group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a very scary proposition right and I'm right there front of the line but I can tell you from personal experience that Jim and principal are people that I trust with my finances whether it's retirement planning 401k review insurance review you might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I know I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could email him as well, 
Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the wild woods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. All right, we are back. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. Thrilled to have our next guest. Uh, you can check him out. NBC Sports Philadelphia. Mr. Versatility. Doesn't matter what the sport is. He is there cranking it out, whether it's Eagles pre and post game, whether it's birds huddle with our, our man, the creamsicle, as Derek Gunn calls him, uh, Barrett Brooks. Fake and news. Or Phillies Great pre and news. post. And we are right around the corner, fellas. Two days away. Joining us right now. You can follow him on Twitter at MBarcan, NBCS, Michael <laughs> Barcan. Michael B. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Yeah. You scared <laughs> no. as you had us. No. I scared that is myself. Not cool. That is not Son cool, of man. A gun. 
You know we all went into the <laughs> you know, mouth. Nothing comes out. That's a oh, problem man. in our business. <laughs> that is not right. By the, by the way, in an effort to um, I just thought of this. In an effort to prepare for the for the program, your your amazing program. I thought let's do a little research, right? So I did what everybody does, and I consulted Alexa. And I want to—I just want to show you, let you listen to some of my results. All right, Alexa, who is Barrett Brooks? There, nobody. Fake news. American football offensive tackle. He recently played for the Pittsburgh Steelers of the National Football League. He was part of their Super Bowl Forty win against the Seattle Seahawks. How about that? Okay, yes. so then wow. I said, now nice. I'm up to date on Barrett. So th- then I went, I went to uh, Derek Gunn. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. He's you nobody. tell me, Alexa, who is Derek Gunn? Derek Gunn is an author and originally from Ireland. Did not. He was born on May 29, nineteen sixty-four, and is fifty-eight years old. His most popular books were Vampire Apocalypse, A World Thunder, The Estuary. And descent into chaos. Vampire apocalypse. Wow! Man. I, I, I got no residuals. I got no I residuals that from that. Congrats on all your accomplishments in the literary world, Derek. That's uh, awesome. Amazing. And then, of course, lastly, oh no, uh, the MC, the host of this fine program, Alexa. Who is Robert Ellis? Robert Ellis was an American film and television actor in the 1940s and 1950s. He was 1940s? the last actor to play Henry Aldrich on the radio series The Aldrich Family. <laughs> Robert Ellis was born in Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, to Fern Bloomfield. Did not know he that. He was educated in professional children's schools in New York City and Hollywood and later studied uh. theater arts at Columbia University. That's it. I want that you guy's guys, life. Can guys I be that guy? What a, what a I mean, life. Vampire apocalypse. Uh, I mean, an actor and then a Super Bowl champion. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was the I boring, I was the most sport. boring out of the three. <laughs> I was the most boring out of the three. Are you kidding me? Yours is real, man. Yeah, you're the only legitimate one. <laughs> Yours is real. We're the really imposters, surprise. Son of a gun. Oh, my God. That's anyway, awesome. I'm just happy Alexa didn't mention my jail sentence. That's a good point. Well, you know, we'll get to that later. There was a second part of it. We'll, we'll get to that. Robbie, I was, again, coming downstairs. By the way, do you prefer doing this? Do you prefer being in I mean, you are in a studio. You're in your own studios. But I love this. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I do too. It's so it's you it just makes you comfortable. You feel looser. You feel like yourself uh, rather than you know you have to be so prim and proper. You know, on a TV set, and you know, I, and and it's it just it makes I think it lends to conversation better this way. All of it, I really. Well, do. you know what? I'm 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 pretty pissed off because now I got to wear a jacket even on Birds <laughs> Huddle every day. You know, hey, I got to do, do it tomorrow. So actually, I have to do it tonight. We're doing Betcast tonight, and it's our first. Flyers betcast. Wow. So, and I, here, Why? wait. Here, uh, this is how it's going to sound. Ready? How's that? <laughs> Derek, Derek asks why. You know why? Have you seen the team play this year? Let's. You might as well do something to. to, to no. Except, why, why waste yeah. the airtime? Why? Yeah. Except, except. No, I didn't mean. I didn't mean regarding the team. Oh, yeah. you know, you we're not going to get you in trouble. Don't right. worry. You're I, I meant with regard to Robbie. You know that. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't grow up in Delaware County. I don't know gambling for yeah, goodness' sake. It's so not we've your got the life. hockey hall of famer Al Morgani on. And uh, he's a he's a big hockey gambling guy. Yes. So it's going to be good. But I actually think, after all my moaning about the Flyers, you know, Dan Hilferty is in there. Dave Scott retiring. Dan Hilferty, who is the guy who who yeah. led the charge 
to get the World Cup games yeah. here in Philadelphia in 2026. He is now the governor for the Philadelphia Flyers, or will be once Dave Scott retires. And uh, to me, that's huge. Uh, yeah. That that is huge. Uh, I think a change was necessary, and um, and and this is going to start uh, right away. Certainly, right after the season. Yeah. And um, I I really am excited about it. Tortorella, I have no issue with as a coach. He's certainly a lot of fun to watch. And I think Danny Briere will be great as the current interim general manager. We'll see what happens if he can keep that job. I hope so. You know, I hope so. And just hearing what he's, he has said, he's certainly acting like a GM. Yeah, a change is good. I mean, they, they really needed some fresh blood. And uh, Dan Hilford is a very passionate guy, man. I, I will tell you that. And he loves Philadelphia. St. Joe's, yeah. yeah, yeah, I grew up in Ocean City and in a, in a, in a, a big time fan of the Philadelphia sports scene. So he, I Michael, think he'll do a really good job. Actually, Michael, how long do you think it's going to take to resurrect that Flyers franchise? Uh, I think it's going to take a while. I, I think yeah. it's going to take a while. Uh, but I think what will change is we will see that the <clears throat> excuse me that the franchise is kind of on the up arrow as opposed to to the in between or the down arrow. I think you're going to see that right away. And there are guys who know way more about hockey than I do, like Robbie and certainly Al Morgani, who will be able to assess this. But but I, when, when Chuck Fletcher came aboard, um, there were there were a lot of hockey experts who said this team is going to be set back. And um, when you looked at his resume, there was nothing in it that indicated that this team would, would challenge for a conference championship, let alone a Stanley Cup. And that came to pass. And, and with some of the moves they have made in the, the recent few uh, preceding years, I think they pushed themselves back uh, till they contend for a cup, five years. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's already been a while. And their last appearance was 2010. So uh, it's, that, that's, it's, it's, it's going to be a bit. But at least it'll be exciting watching them. They're, they're rock bottom. It'll be exciting watching them climb out of it. No well, I, so in, in saying that, Will Danny be a part of this resurrection? Will he be as you know, not just interim, but he will he be the GM going forward? Um, I don't know that, but I'm going to say yes. Just everything that I have heard about the way he stands in the organization, the fact that he's a former Flyer, the fact that he's been an ambassador for the team, the fact that he has assisted in the front office now for the last couple of years and just the way if you if you heard him talk about the younger players where the younger players stand what they're trying to do the fact that you know, he said hey Wayne Gretzky got traded and to hear him say that that means you know what everybody's up for grabs this team is sad to say mm-hmm. nothing special and there's some players that maybe can fetch some draft picks and and um they they just signed I forget the guy's name now he came came over from um from Sweden and uh, Peter Forsberg. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but he, he came over <laughs> from, from Sweden and he's ready to, he's ready to start his, um, his flyers career. And he's like going to play yeah. with the minor league. Yeah. Start, yeah. They, they remind, he uh, reminds a lot of people of chemo team. And so, yeah. so I, he's undersized. Oh, Oh boy. Did we lose Michael. Yeah. Uh, the guy's name is Emil Andre, is the guy that Micah was referencing, uh, Swedish okay. defenseman. That, that's the guy. We'll get. I think we got him right back. Actually, do we have – Tone, you, you let me know when we have him. I think – I don't know. We froze. We froze up. I think we – no. Okay. No? Yes, no, maybe so. 
not yet. Not yet. I, I can I can see that we're efforting, as we say in the business. We're efforting, uh, Michael. We're going to make that happen. He will be back up shortly. Um, Michael's got the best backdrops too. Like he he can he can he always has the the the, you know, the whether it's the Eagles sets or the uh, the uh, all the stuff at Comcast. It's amazing. Uh, he definitely takes advantage of all that stuff. But well, you know, but him saying that and, and Danny Briere being the GM, right? When you look at it, man, um, we finally get our center, or we thought, you know, we finally get our guy, you know, yeah, Hart, and 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 he's he's trade bait now. So I mean, the likelihood of him being here next year is probably all but gone. But we're gonna bring in some quality guys, uh, more quality, more bang for the buck. You know, what I'm saying yes, he's a great, you know, he's he's a really good uh, goalie right now. But can we bring in and get this team going in that right direction? Yeah, it, it, it'd be a pure shame to just waste his talent, though. You know, so uh, what direction would you go? Uh, they're hard to find. Um, I'm not in a rush to move Carter Hart. I, I would like to build around Carter Hart rather than move him. But I do agree with the nobody's untouchable thing. If, you, if you're offering me some insane deal, I'm making it. This team needs there's so much a, t- a talent infusion needed that I would do anything to. To, to try to build this thing back up. Um, I think Couturier is the last of the, the, the Mohicans, huh? You know, yeah, Couturier is is yeah. There's not a lot of vets like old, you know, grizzly kind of guys still on this team for sure. I think, you know, Kevin Hayes. There's gonna be a lot of other. There's gonna be some movement, man. I can tell you that. There's gonna be some movement this offseason. When, when you have a when you have an up and coming goalie, and, and like you said, there's such a rarity to find in today's game. A stellar netminder is hard to find. I'm doing any and everything possible to keep that netminder in-house. And I understand I don't have a lot of bargaining chips as it is. Um, over the next few years, you have it's imperative you get the draft right. Um, and it's imperative you pick up a few guys. I'm sorry, oh, dudes. I don't know, know what the heck happened. If you don't want to be on the show, just tell us, man. Come on. Oh, I don't want to be on. We oh, <laughs> <laughs> got no choice. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I actually just ran upstairs breathless like, what the heck happened to my my Wi-Fi? And I don't know. I don't know if it took a hit. I have no idea. So, like I said, I'd much rather be in studio, right? Back. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is, you're right. We are at the mercy of Wi-Fi. Yeah, That's yeah. We, we I think it was all the hockey talk. Let, let's let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on to the Phillies. Michael, I I we had Chilkapati on. I'm, I'm sure maybe you heard the end of it, but yeah. he's he's excited. I I I think speak for all of us. We're excited for this season. The, the last couple of weeks there have been a few hits, man. You've been you've been you've been dodging a few things. Reese Hoskins. Suarez, uh, you know, Andrew Painter, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't think it's insurmountable stuff, but but certainly hits that they've taken. I want to start with Hoskins because I, I know he's a bit polarizing in the city and I know he has limitations, but 30 and 80 don't grow on trees. Um, and, you know, I we're all sort of assuming Derek Hall. I, I hope it works out, but I'm just not totally sold yet. What, what do you think about the Hoskins loss? Well, I, I had finally gotten to the point, especially after the postseason, Robbie, where where I was like, all right, you, you know, uh, you, you can't argue with 30 and 80. You're absolutely right. But he cost them games in the field. I mean, he, you can physically point to this play, that play at least five times last season and five games. They just made the postseason and it was the preceding year. They don't get in the postseason. And so but. There, there are some intangibles that I thought he brought to the team. One, he's a great clubhouse guy. He's a good guy. And I realize that people don't want to hear that. Who cares if he's a good guy? Can he play? Well, yeah, he can hit. 
I thought he had some clutch hits. He had some big home runs in the postseason, which was huge. The clubhouse part of it, keeping guys' heads on straight and making sure they don't get too low when they're when they're going bad, they don't get too high when they're going through a win streak. That's an important thing as well in the clubhouse. Also, he's got tenure. He's a veteran. He's not some mm-hmm. young guy anymore. The the problem was the the uh, the glove, and um, you know. I thought he would have been a great DH somewhere. I thought if you could have you could have had him DH and had Schwarber in left field and, and Harper's healthy and, and uh, everything is going great, then that would have been a, a great solution, but that's not to be. And it would not surprise me if he's played his last game as a as a Philly, unfortunately. But you know, you, you can you can you can also uh, say when you look to the way he, he feels the position. If he had taken a different angle to that ball, maybe he doesn't rip his ACL. Maybe, you know, take another look at it. He kind of loops around to it. He plants on, on that leg. ACL goes. You saw it. And I'm thinking, oh, man. Yeah, you know it was bad. But I had gotten to, to the point because I had said to all of you probably privately, like, you know me, get him out. Get him out. <laughs> I was just so tired of games being ruined. You know, in, in Major League Baseball today, you got to hang on to a one-run win. You have to do it. And he would make key errors in, in terrible situations. And and then I read a um, great piece in The Athletic. I'm trying to remember the guy who, who the, the fielding coach for the Phillies, and his name escapes me right now. But oh, Bobby Dickerson? Bobby Dickerson. Uh, Bobby yeah. D. And, and, and um, so, so the, the piece begins with they're working on his fielding. And that Bobby Dickerson says, when you see the ball, go to the ball, you know, and all this stuff that that should have been worked on years ago. Yeah. And Reese Hoskins said in this piece, you know what? Sometimes you got to go back to basics, etc." And I thought, where was that five years ago? I don't understand what <laughs> took so long to rip up his fielding game and make sure or to make sure he knew what the deal was. And mm-hmm. he didn't. And, and if that's how long it took for Bobby Dickerson to figure it out, he waited way too late yeah. to try to adjust his fielding. So I, I think, uh, unfortunately, his bats lost. The fielding, uh, for example, Alec Bohm's playing first base today. Yeah. Um, so we'll see whether – and, and uh, Edmundo Sosa's playing third base today. So we'll see whether or not that can work. But I think they have enough depth. You, if you're losing uh, Bryce Harper – until the all-star break. And by the way, I don't think it's till the all-star break. You know, yep. they, they did not put him on the 60 day injured list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is not on the What does that tell you? I think June, I think we're seeing him in June. Yeah. yeah. So, which is, which is so good. Man. I like huge. That, man. That's huge. That, that's, that's huge. Well, you know, even with the lineup the way it is, I think the lineup the way it is right now, we can still be a competitive in the East, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing, you know, it used to be if our one or two um, stars weren't healthy, we, we didn't have a snowball's chance. I think we still have a competitive, a very oh, competitive yeah. team, but what's comprised of now, that's with two two guys that are out that are pretty good. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I have a lot of faith in this in this year's team. Yeah, I, I completely I completely agree. Can you hear that? Oh, is that, somebody's somebody's doing a haircut? 
Is somebody somebody getting get a haircut, haircut up there or, or the hedges are being done? I don't know where I didn't tell you, but there's a tornado passing through right now. It's in Delaware County. It's very specific. Oh, great. It's coming by way next. Oh, my, oh my God. Someone took a circular saw. I thought I smelled some kind of smoke or something. Yeah, yeah. It's my high, dining room uh, furniture. Meeting. Or, or high with those killer bees we keep hearing about. Oh, my God. Oh, thinking, maybe, they, maybe they can't hear that. No, they can't. They can't hear that. Hey, hey, Michael, I I would go so far to say this, though, Michael. Um, I think Derek Hall, in terms of offensive numbers, will will put up better numbers than a Reese Hoskins. I believe he hits. I believe he hits with power. He sprays the ball well. Um, Obviously, we need a bigger sample size of his defense if he's going to be. If he's given first dibs to play first base, we need a bigger sample size before you can make a determination on what he is or is not as a fielder. But in the limited times they're going to watch him play, the thing that always that jumped out at me is about is he can go to any field with the ball and he can hit it with power. You yeah. know, and, and considering he didn't get nearly as many bats, he got in the groove, then they sent him back down. You know, I think Derek Hall can put up some impressive numbers if he's playing consistently. I understand he still needs to work on left-handed pitching a little bit, but I think he has the tools. He's a big dude, really uh, big, big bat. And he's I like think, Ryan I, Howard big. Yes, he's a big boy. And I think he has the capability of putting up some definitive numbers in his yeah. offense. I, I agree. Uh, I, I don't know how well he'll play the position, but um, – you know, because they have that depth, because they got Hall there, because yeah. Schwarber's, Schwarber's there, they can they can um, kind of switch things up depending on the pitcher. Obviously, those two guys are both left-handers, but they have – and then Bohm is in the situation. I would rather them just have uh, – Bohm's put on 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason. I would rather them just have one guy – Play yep. first base. You mentioned yep. how Hall got sent down. That yeah. doesn't do anybody any good. Baseball's a game where I think you need to you need to stick with the rhythms of the game. And and he, um, you know, when you get sent down, that's a struggle. So I I hope I hope they can find a guy. And it wouldn't surprise me if it is Alec Baum. It's Alec Baum mm-hmm. at first base, and you have Sosa there at third base, and um, you wait till Harper gets back. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. How big is Castellanos? I mean, you can't have the same kind of year he had last year. This, this is, you got away with it almost to an extent last year, Michael. But he's enormous for them this year, especially with these guys out early. Yeah, he's batting two fifty five now in the spring, and baseball is the type of game where that off season comes and all of a sudden it, it's like a. <laughs> <laughs> I give you credit for trying to stay with it. It's all. <laughs> uh, I think we're safe now. <laughs> I don't know if we are. I think the insurgents have left. I don't know. It might be all right. <laughs> hey, 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 Mike, same yeah. thing happened to us on Birds Huddle the other day too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was a it was a concert instead of that though. That was you know that was but that was better than this. That was a concert. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got some free admission. Hey, it right. happens. I swear to you, something like that happens to each of us every day. Don't there's a, the dog goes crazy. Don't worry about it. Really, right, 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 right. I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I just I hope the house is there when I go upstairs. <laughs> but that is the cool part about, and I'm sure you guys have experienced it. The cool part about doing this is like you know you get done, you go up and you have a sandwich. 
I mean, you can't do that at the office. <laughs> and hopefully exactly. there's a kitchen to go to. When you're exactly. exactly. I don't spend any time. I'm in and out, bro. So, you know, yeah. you know me. <laughs> you are, I'll tell you what. Did Barry come in today? Yes, he was on television. He's a stealth missile. No waste of time, man. Oh, he's gone. Yep. Anyway, back to what, what we were talking. It was the Philly. Castellanos. Oh, Castellanos batting two fifty five, and I, there's like this uh, this uh, this imaginary dividing line between the previous season and the next, and I think something uh, something happens like a switch gets turned. With many players they have an off year, and the next season they're back. It doesn't disrupt anything, and they get back to form. And Nick Castellanos so far. Is not doing that now. Mm -hmm. There's a, also a big difference between the exhibition season and the regular season. So maybe he snaps out of it, or maybe Philadelphia is just not a place where he can play. It's a it, it's a it's a tough place. It and, is. Um, yep. John John Crux said it best. I feel sorry the the night he went into the uh, the Phillies Hall of Fame. I feel sorry for you if you didn't want to if you didn't have the guts to want to try and win here. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not for everybody. So mm -hmm. um, but. I'm thinking Detroit's a pretty tough place to play. Cincinnati's not an easy place to play. I mean, they're 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 dyed in the wool baseball city. So I don't know what the heck has happened to him here. And he started out last spring training like a house of fire. And even at the beginning of the season, he was batting well over 300 and you know into the dumper. So I I don't know what what to say about him, but I hope he comes out of it because. Can you imagine what they would have done last year? Can you imagine what they can do this year if he is batting as he can? And um, I, I actually thought his fielding got better, and it was nothing to write home about. Yeah, it did. But, but I thought it got better as the season Clutch in the playoffs, I'll tell you that. It was. Oh, my God. The one at the wall. Woof. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a tough place to play in. City's by far the one of the hardest, if not the hardest place, for a player to play in front of your own fans. Put it like that. In front of your own fan, you can go to other stadiums and they be like, oh, the fans are, you know, a-holes. You know, they they don't want to, you know, they, they're they tough crowd to play. This place here, our fans here are tough to play in front of because it's a certain expectation. This is one of the inf most informed fan bases you'll, you know, you ever play in front of. You just can't, you know, sit on your roof and then, you know, piss over the edge on somebody and say it's raining outside. You can't do that with our fans. <laughs> Save that you know for the tunnel. You can't. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You 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 have to oh, he, you have to do will. What you, do. you know what I'm saying? See, I can you know I get to do what I want to do in that show too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I, I never I never got to do what I wanted man, to do. Barrett's flexing today, man. Yeah. man I love it. Famous last words. Barrett was just saying last week that he got to do whatever he wanted on that show too. Barrett, who? <laughs> Barrett, who? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Now he's yeah, in man. Florida. Right. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just, I love the fans here. I mean, you know, they truly believe, you know, we as fans, we truly believe that we pay our, 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 our athletes to play there. We pay it. We pay your salary. You know what I'm saying? And that's the difference between other places. They're going to do their homework. They're going to watch film. They go, every, I bet you all our fans got NFL network that they can go back and, and watch the games. And they're trying to break down cover two like they know cover two. That's just a part of what you get here. You yeah. know, if you don't run a base out, they're gonna let you know you didn't run that base out. They're gonna let you know you, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you know, play over like you were supposed to. You didn't feel the ball the right way. Those are things that come with the responsibility of being a Philadelphia athlete. Some people can get with it, some people can't get. With it. You can't have thin skin here. It's got to yeah, be thick. You're right. What bothered me last year, 
and maybe you can recall exactly what was said. I, I don't re, I don't remember right now, um, but he got into that little back and forth with Jim Salisbury in the home clubhouse. Oh yeah, 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 and, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, there, there ain't a nicer guy than Jim Salisbury. And then he he just got attacked, Castellanos for good. And and Jim, you know, to his credit, it's like I don't want I don't want to make a big thing about it. It's not, but it's okay. He and I are fine. Oh, but the but the fans did they, they didn't care. You can't say that to our guy. Are you kidding? You can't be rude to our guy. Goes in there as our representative to find out what the heck's going on. And then you look at a guy like Alec Bohm, who who uh, who said those two was lip reading, but he said those like I I, I don't want to be here or I hate this bleeping town. Or whatever he said. And then right after the game, he said, yeah, I was wrong. I didn't mean it. It was in the moment. He comes out the next day, he gets a standing O because everybody appreciated that he was he was stressed. He didn't make it. He made a couple of uh, errors. Uh, I think it was three and one inning. Three and, in the and, back. And, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Yep. So, so. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, but he took responsibility for it. And But but Castellanos is just, uh, he's, he's not like that. And um, I, I'm a little I, worried about that one. I got to be yeah, honest. That one, me that one concerns me. But, you, but you, you look at this lineup, and uh, also the the World Baseball Classic. I don't know about you, but oh. I was never more interested in it. Unbelievable! Than I Unbelievable. Here. Philly's Unbelievable. on full display, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you got JT and, and TT and and Schwarber. It was it was amazing. And of course, Turner doing his thing with the with all those home runs. It, it was it was just great. And um, I, I think when you see that, that really perked my interest. And and also, I it, there was just something about the overall tournament mm-hmm. that I was more uh, I paid more attention to this year. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Hey, Michael, I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while, but I just want to make sure I get this in. Uh, going back to February, I love it. I loved your post Super Bowl rant. That was a classic. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, well, let me. Mm. <laughs> we, lost Michael. we lost Michael again. The signals. Uh, no. I, have to, I have to tell him. God, I didn't have a chance such, to text you to tell you. You are. You, are, you love it. Dude, you are, I loved it. Michael, Michael, you know I tell you the truth, man. You ain't going to yeah. lie to you. I loved it. I loved it. You said everything the fans wanted to say. And then so, there's it nothing wrong it. with that. Yeah, no, no. Well, uh, there's nothing wrong with that to you. <laughs> hey, by the way, you could say that right here if you want. That's right. Exactly. We said what we yeah, want to say. Uh, well, I, I don't even know. I, I I would not want to press my luck. Okay. okay. Fair now, enough. I plead, of you, the, I plead the fear. One was sitting right next to me when I said it. <laughs> I plead the fear. So, so yeah. you know what? Uh, it, it's it's um, I'm very appreciative of the outpouring of the viewers and the fans. I'm very appreciative of that. It was, I was brought up better than that. My dad would have, or my mom would have cracked me if she, if they were alive and they heard me say that, I'm sure your parents probably felt the same way. I'd still be in a coma. (laughs) Exactly. And and I was, I was just ticked. The game, the game ended with six seconds left of that field goal goes through. That call was made with about 56 seconds left and poop, just like that. Any chance we, any hope, 
we had of, of winning the Super Bowl was just gone. I think so many of us wanted to see that Jalen Hurts drive and take him down and, and, yeah. and force overtime. And it was not at least, if not win it. And, yeah. and um, it just was, it was not to be. So frustration came out. Uh, I don't think I should have said it once and then you, to, to say it twice. Was just <laughs> but but I, I, I really, um, I, I'm very, very, and this is the first opportunity I've actually had to say anything uh, public, publicly about it. And it, I'm very appreciative of the out, outpouring from the from the fans of Philadelphia, it was uh, it meant uh, everything to me because it, it was a difficult time. So and and uh, I apologize to anybody who was offended, except for the three of you. Um, <laughs> so um, hey, I, I was on the air live, as, as you know, when Chase Utley said "World Bleeping Champion." Oh yeah, yes. oh yes, oh yeah. So so and when Jason Kelsey said, "I don't know," I. I he, there's, I was with Barrett again. With, yeah, there's a lot going on with that one. A lot going yeah. on. Oh, see, you keep doing that. You keep, you know, bringing you in. By, <laughs> guilty by association. Like Larry Love's right. company. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> but you know what? But, but really, it goes to it goes to to me. It goes to society. And I remember when Utley said that, and and there were so many people that were just thrilled about it. And I, again, I go go to my upbringing. I couldn't say like, uh, oh, he. Did you see him play? He sucked. I couldn't yeah. even say sucked when yeah. I was growing up. Oh, like, yeah. what, what'd you say? You don't say, you don't use that guy. You know, you class it up. And so when, when I heard him say that and so many people were like, no, it's just so great. I'm like, yeah. okay, not, just not how I grew up. Yeah. So, so I remember apologizing for it on the air because we had no control over it. And I'm thinking there's a lot of kids there. There are a lot of kids that are 12 years old and younger watching that thing. And the same with Jason Kelsey and, and, um, I guess I'm somewhat surprised, both in Utley and in Kelsey, if not disappointed, that they wouldn't think for a second, you know, that there are all these little kids where we are role models, despite what Charles says, and we are, and, and kids see Jason Kelsey or Chase Utley say, hey, if they say it's okay, they're successful, mm-hmm. they're champions, and mm-hmm. I can say it. So, so um, I don't know. I thought I could say it. <laughs> I, 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 I get in. I, I get in trouble all the time for that because I really do believe that. Um, that you know, I, I speak from the heart. You know, sometimes the heart is not always right. Sometimes, more times than not, the heart isn't right. The heart doesn't have a filter. Yeah. So down. you know, so I got, I got to, you know, I got to manage that. You know, my mom watches this show, so. When Derek pushes me to, to say certain what things, what is this you know? Derek stuff? Derek, oh my, my fault! My, I said it out loud. I'm sorry. Man. What do you mean? What is this Derek stuff? CTE I don't push dog. you. CTE yeah. dog. CTE. Okay. CTE, All right. CTE, All right. CTE, no, do, you, do you watch Ted Lasso? The best. I, love it. I, I don't know. if It was the first or second episode this year, but Nate who went to, uh, went on to coach a rival team. He trashes Ted in a, in a news conference, and he uses the S word uh, to talk about their, the team or whatever. And then he, his mom texts him and says, "Your dad was your dad didn't like your language," and, yep. and, and she was kind of bummed about that. It's just now on the one hand, it's just a word. Like if if we just treated them all like 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 they're just words, it might be a different story. On the other hand. I mean, kids are taught in school. Kids are taught from a young age. That's not the type of language you use. So my kids growing up, I don't, I don't know about yours. My kids got to a certain point, and, and it was younger, than, way younger than me. Then they, they started yeah, using yeah. the language they wanted to use. And I'm like, what am I going to do? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. As long as they know what the setting is and the situation is, um, uh, then then I, I think I've done my job. And, and uh, But it's a different world today. 
No well, see, my kids, my kids, all in their thirties now. They're still not allowed to use certain words in the house. You know, mm-hmm. the bottom line is, if me and mom don't use them, you're not using them in my house. And my, they're very respectful. You know, it's yeah. it's repetition. It's just repetition. You know, mm-hmm. basically. But um, you know, sometimes you know, people put us on certain pedestals because of what we do. But I think at times they forget we're just people like everybody else. There's no no. You're not perfect. You make mistakes. You know, and you speak, sometimes you speak from the heart, but because of the flat platform, you're held accountable in a higher esteem than most people would be. Yeah. You know, and, you know and, because you're going into people's homes. Exactly. You know, exactly. And they're watching yeah. you in their pajamas and their gym shorts or, or less. And they're like, well, that's pretty special. You you get to come into their homes. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I was a kid growing up, there was a guy who did weather in New York and his name was he still alive? But he doesn't do weather in New York. His name was Ira Joe Fisher, and he mm. would he would do the weathercast behind this plexiglass board, and he would write in in this white grease pencil. He would write backwards so the audience saw it forwards, and he write little cartoons and everything. Wow. Okay, flash forward. So that's like ni- mid nineteen seventies. Flash forward, Fenway Park. I'm at Fenway Park. I'm around the batting cage. I'm getting ready for a Red Sox game, and who do I see? Ira Joe Fisher. You would have thought I saw Elvis. Uh, I really. And and I went up to this guy. I'm like, are you Iron Joe Fisher? Are you kidding? Like, oh, you won't throw backwards. Oh, yeah. By the time I was done with this guy, he was like, get away from me. Oh, Security. Security. But, 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 but my point is, I, you know, I didn't know him from Adam, but he was in my home. And I watched the news with my mom and dad. And, and, and so it's like, you know, I, I, that made him special. And I think sometimes, and it's the same with athletes. They're in our homes too. So, but they say youth is wasted on the young. They don't get it. Good point. You know, they don't get it. All right. Before we get to the big day that you guys have on Thursday. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about the Sixers real quick. And and just, you know, we're, we're, we're in crunch time here. We know there's a big controversy that Embiid didn't play last night, but do you feel like this is any different, Michael, this team than the ones we've seen bounce in the second round, you know, the last few years? I do. I do feel it's different. Uh, I'm not all gung-ho on it, but I do feel it's different, and I do think that they that they have the prowess to at least go past the second round, for goodness sakes. I think a lot of that is uh, is uh, Harden, and, and I think that if he stays healthy and he continues to lead this team the way he has between Harden and Maxie and Embiid, I, and the depth they have, Tobias Harris adding points. I mean, this guy's a former all-star. This guy knows how to do it. And, and um, you know, uh, Melton and Milton uh, and Reed, uh, I, I do think that they have the depth and they've been there. And I think also part of it is like, man, we're just sick and tired of hearing everybody talk about the fact that we can't get out of the second round. So I hope that's worth something as well. I don't know how I feel about Embiid last night. Uh, I know a lot of I know Kendrick Perkins of ESPN says I have an MVP vote and re- I will remember this moment right here. But if the guy has look, when, when we did Betcast the other night from Chicago, they played the Bulls and, and Bede walked into the building, shook hands with Zach uh, Levine, and he had an altered gait. You could see if it wasn't a limp, it was not the regular walk we yeah. see from Joel and B. So if that's the case. And, and you're going on a road trip. You want him for the you want him for the playoffs, don't you? The yeah. season's winding down. So if he doesn't play against Djokovic, and sometimes you got to save a guy from himself. And um, I, I know a lot of people were disappointed. He handled Djokovic in that game between the teams here in Philadelphia, and that's all well and good. But I'd rather have Joel Embiid 
for the playoffs as healthy as he can be and worry about whether or not he outplayed the two-time defending MVP. I, I really don't care. I'd rather, don't be, I'd ra- rather him be MVP of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm listening to IP yesterday. Some guy called in about, you know, Embiid's he, like, he's not all that. He's nothing, blah, blah, blah. Are you kidding me? This guy has people who saw Wilt invoking Wilt. And, and um, what he can, did you see, he did a spin move the other night. I forget, I forget if it was, uh, if, uh, I think it was Golden State. And he got the ball off the board and he started to, he started to dribble. Some guy came right up on him and he just spun like he was a point guard. Mm-hmm. He's 7-2. Yeah. So, so, mm-hmm. so um, you know, but you can only ride a guy so much. He does need, he does need to come out of games. He does need to rest. And um, it's not going to affect their standing. If, if at all, if they play him more sparingly, I think the most important thing is that he gets healthy and stays healthy. Yep. Michael, what? My, Michael, this foot injury has been lingering for so long. I, I don't think, I think Embiid is what he is right now. And you couple the fact with this strained calf injury. Yeah. And, and I hate to say it, you know, because I do think they're deeper than they have been in the last couple of years. But I think these two lingering injuries that he's had, and the, the way they've, I think, mismanaged the workload is going to cost them. Because when you get to the second season, you have to have consistency. You have to have consistency in terms of X amount of players consistently be there. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's going to be that guy. We saw it happen last year. He yeah. missed a game here or there in the playoffs, and it, and it happened at the most inopportune time. And I think, unfortunately, we're looking at the same doggone scenario again this upcoming second season. Yeah, and we may be. Obviously, I hope not. But but he is, he plays the game hard. <clears throat> He's on the floor more mm-hmm. than he should be, mm-hmm. and and th- that takes a lot out of you. And uh, when you combine the foot and the calf, um, it is cause for concern. But but um, I, I also think that if they can just keep him healthy, the problem is we, we we've been talking about what one championship we want to run, we want two, we want three, and and. I think that's going to be a real tall order to fill uh, mm-hmm. un- unless unless they, they do it now. He stays healthy. And part of it's just the way he plays the game. It's what makes him so great. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect this postseason. Um, but I, I do think that this is a, a different team. I do think that they mm-hmm. can get to the certainly get to the conference championship if they play everything. But but then you got the Celtics and they the Celtics handled them all every every time they played this season. Oh and four. Yeah. 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 So yep. and Michael that, well well said. Well said. So you know uh, we'll uh, wait and see. I hope so. I hope so. Otherwise right. talking Phillies. Give us our coverage here. So uh, what do you what do you have going on on Thursday? You got a Thursday, big day for the Phillies in Texas Yes. We are on at two thirty, half an hour, and uh, it's going to be Ricky Bo. It's going to be uh, Ruben Amaro Jr. It's going to be Ben Davis. It's going to be Barrett Brooks, and it's going to be. <laughs> I just want to make sure he's listening. I just want to we make always, sure he's in there listening. I, I always, I, I, I do it all, bro. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you do. You do do it all. Um, and and so that's from two thirty to three. Uh, then NBC Ten has its pregame show until four. At four o'clock, his first pitch game ends, and I'm interested to see the the length of the games. As you well know, has been a lot shorter in in spring training. I hope it's the same as we go into the season. When the game's over, last out recorded, we've got Phillies post game live for you on NBC Sports 
Philadelphia. Awesome. And, awesome. Uh, Thursday. Michael, so, great hit, man. We had everything there. We, we had it, bro. Love you, man. I got you, man. Yeah. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that actually, that actually, so, so, um, oh. I was working, I was working for Channel oh. Three. My father in law was at the game. I got him tickets. The great Hank. The great. Thank you for remembering. Yes. And um, that's, that was him making the noise upstairs. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he, we're on the elevator after the game. This is at the bet. And we get, we're, we're on with Jerome Brown. Oh, man. And so um, the elevator is, if you remember the, that, the elevator for, at the vet, I mean, it was Sketchy. a big elevator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eventually, after a game, you know, from the suite level all the way down, it, it, it was, and I, I think we were on the field level and we were, we were going up and there were people that had been on it. And so it was packed. And so, so Hank says, jokingly, it says, it wouldn't be a problem if Jerome wasn't here or something like that, or, or there wouldn't be a way, you know, and Jerome just goes, watch your mouth now. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was like, I don't know this man. <laughs> Who's this guy? Jerome, have him. And Jerome, you know, I, I don't know, um, Robbie, obviously Barrett and Gunner. I don't know if you ever met Jerome or knew Jerome, but 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 I covered Jerome virtually, uh, sadly, his whole career because it was it should have been way way longer lived, literally, than it was. But he, mm -hmm. he was he was a fun guy. He was, he, was a, he was a fun guy. He was an intense guy. He was a future Hall of Famer, uh, mm -hmm. and and uh, he he was just. An, I'll never forget his first. He's a rookie, and his, his first um, his first training camp, and they're out behind the. Uh, it was voluntary camp. Remember, Buddy had voluntary yeah. camp, and it's hot as blazes out. They're out in that practice field behind the vet, and and Joe Conwell and Jerry Fury and the offensive line—they were just giving them the business. And, and after one play, like he's wearing—they're they're not wearing pads. He's wearing t-shirt, but they're sla slapping each other, and 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 his his shirt just got basically ripped off, and he just like that's it, and he just started <laughs> wailing on people. Was, okay. <laughs> Hey, you ain't a rookie. I got it. You're a rookie, but you're not a rookie. <laughs> he was amazing. He was, oh, amazing. he was a piece of work. Uh, oh, all right. boy. Sorry. I, I, I waylaid you again. I'm sorry. No, sorry. it was great. It was awesome. We yeah. love having you on, man. We're looking forward to, uh, to chatting soon and, and crush it on uh, on Thursday. and have fun with uh, when you get on there with Barrett as well on Bird's yeah. Huddle. It's tomorrow. Cool. Tomorrow, Bird's Huddle. It's a Wednesday. Boom. Six o'clock, baby. Six o'clock, baby. All, all the foul language you want and more. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Follow Michael at Embarcan NBCS. Michael, we appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Good, right, Michael. All right, guys. Talk all to right, you. Man. All right. The best. The best. How about that? That was hilarious. All right. We are we're way behind. So let's get a quickie in. Uh and we'll uh we'll reset, get it back to the Eagles, talk some uh, NFL as well. We've got a lot of NFL news also to dive into, so we'll do all that when we come back. That's Derek Barrett. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube <laughs> Network. Time to talk a little pro-action restoration. Yes, pro-action restoration is the place that you call if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that's gone through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can tell you that from a personal standpoint, I called them on a Saturday. And they were out to the house. 
cleaned everything up, did an amazing job for me and my parents. And uh, from there on out, man, I was their biggest fans. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro-action restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. And again, could be water, could be fire, could be smoke, could be mold damage, you name it. They can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Yes, we are. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll uh, hit the NFL stuff, some of the things coming out of the owners' meetings, uh, a little bit more on Howie, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, overview of the uh, of the offseason in general. We'll dig into all those kind of things. A lot of good stuff. Hey, uh, Bruce, I got to ask you, are you, are you sad what that up, your, favorite, you, you said your favorite commercial is not on our air anymore? I knew he had a running game. 
Are you Bro, sad? You have- I am. <laughs> I am. You know, I noticed that the other day. And I was like, you know, I should say it. I said, I'm not going to say it. I just want to live. I don't. I just want that to live throughout my life in infamy. You know, <laughs> I knew you had a running game. That was, that was the greatest. What, what, you guys, what do you think you guys would have been doing if we hadn't won the Super Bowl? You know, it was, it was oh, 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 wait, say that again. Wait, 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 say that again. No, no. See, you trying to get me in trouble, man. <laughs> you got yourself in trouble. You, <laughs> you, you, I got you in trouble. What do you think you guys would be doing? Always oh, see you, 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 you geek me up, you geek me up, and then I'll get to going and going and going. I'm saying, you know, there's you know, how Philly fans are. You, you I mean, you all, you, you so you had you, you, you can't blame me for this. You get you know bark in, you try to get bark in back in trouble. Now you're trying to get Barrett in trouble. You're unbelievable. Man, get himself in trouble. He mocked. He, that, hey, I didn't tell him to say it in that tone. Oh, he did it to God. himself. Uh, <laughs> it. You know how Philly fans are. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So let, let's just go on record. Are we? Where are we with this thing? Do, are we? I think Barry, I know where you're at, but I want to speak for you. Uh, you're oh. good with Embiid sitting last night. Uh, I'm good with resting him if he's hurt. I just think the timing of it was really weird with playing him on a back-to-back when he's already got a bad calf. We want our I cake did. and eat it too, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think it. it's fair. I mean, I don't like it, but I do think there is an element to that. You know, we're worried about him being ready to go for the playoffs, yet we complain if, if he sits and rests. I just think he could have been done the other day. That's all. How about you, Derek? <laughs> Who makes who makes the decisions? Is it the head coach? Is it a combination of people, uh, trainers as well as the head coach? Um, How much say does so does Embiid have in this situation? I think he's got a lot of say in it, personally. Oh, I, 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 I. Uh, you saying that, Rob? I don't know. I think, and I've said it a number of times. I think it's a situation where you have to protect him from himself, and he may verbally fight this tooth and nail. But then a, a group of people say, "You know what? You're sitting. You, th- this is it. You're sitting. You have to. You have to take the decision out of his hands. If it's up to him, he will continue playing, putting himself in further harm's way. And there's a bigger picture here. As much as I've talked about wanting to see them get that number one C, which I don't. They're not getting now with seven games left. But now it's come down to. Um, I hate to say this." I have to agree with what Barrett has been saying. For <laughs> uh, oh, that hurt. Oh, that, oh. You pull, I think you pulled something. Oh, the pain, oh, the pain. No, but yeah. I was adamant about getting the getting the home the home number one seed. But as we look at it now, they didn't close the gap. You know, they lost a couple critical games. I think they've mismanaged how they've used him, and it's cost them as well down the stretch. Now we're at a point with take take the decision out of his hands. You know, he's the most dominant big man in the game. Your your whole success or failure ratio is predicated on his availability. And I don't like what I'm seeing now. The foot, and he's talked about this, the foot is still an issue, has been all season. Yep. Foot is still an issue. Now you got this strained calf. And a strained calf is like a, a sprain, anything else. Feels good one day, you turn the, the wrong way the next day, all of a sudden you're down two games. You know, and in the second season, you cannot afford to have any miscues because we see it time and time again. An inferior opponent can rise up and bite you when you least expect it. Yeah, well said. Well said. I hate to see it. 
Uh, yeah, and you look at it now, they're they're likely going to be the three seed. I mean, that's just the way it, it, it's looking right now. Um, I don't know. You think so? I don't know. Cleveland's only one and a half back. Yeah, I, I uh, well, and they I, play them right. too. And they there play is them a possibility. Too. Yeah. So what what they have coming up? They play tomorrow night against Dallas. By the way, Dallas has stunk since really. I know since that trade. Kyrie Irving went there. Um, they and they weren't great to begin with. Um, so it's not all on him. But then you have Toronto, who's eh. The Milwaukee Boston games are going to be interesting. Like, do you do you does Embiid sit until Sunday? Do you get him that much time? When you when you're wow. at Milwaukee Sunday night and then Tuesday Boston's here. Does it make much difference if they're the third or fourth seed at this point? Yeah. Does it make much difference in terms of who you would face in the first round? So does it really it, make much of a difference. You would have faced your Brooklyn if it's the if you're the three seed. By the way, Ben Simmons officially shut down for the season. Oh no, I'm shocking. shocked. Shocking. Really? Uh, what happened this what? time? Did he, did he break a nail? What happened? Uh, back nerve impingement. He's beginning a rehab program. Didn't he have a back issue last year? He's had back issues for the last four years. Knee, so, knee what stuff. Do the, what do we get to the point where you're talking about back surgery? I don't. I don't. Well, he had a procedure but. done this off season, which didn't. Uh, he started the season. It didn't affect the start of the season, but he had a procedure. But anyway, they they would play Brooklyn right now if they get down to the four seed. This actually, there is a big difference here. If they they would play Brooklyn, who I think they would smoke. The Knicks mm-hmm. would be if you if you're a four seed right now you'd play the Knicks. That's a li- that's definitely way more challenging. Yeah, 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 way more challenging. So uh, we'll Hang see. On to that we'll three seed. Stay in the Jeez. three seed. Yeah, That'll I'm not saying that'll be. I'm not saying it'll be a problem if they do play the Knicks. I think they'll beat the Knicks. I think it beat them, but I think it's gonna be hard. A lot harder. I think it's a lot harder. You Brooklyn. don't want these knockdowns in the early rounds if you if yeah. you're a boy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's. It, it's, it's all fair. There's a lot of a lot to be decided with him getting the MVP with where they're seated. A lot to be decided over the course of not a ton of games. What is it, seven games left? How many? Seven. Uh, they have seven, seven left. games. Yeah, they're forty nine and twenty six. They play seven games. Yeah. You uh, you cannot hold you cannot hold the lack of games against Embiid at this point. When you look at who he's up against uh, for MVP honors in Giannis and, and with Doncic, um, <clears throat> he leads them both in scoring. He leads them in field goal percentage. He leads them in rebounds. I mean, and and Doncic has played the same amount of games that Embiid has, 61. Giannis has played 59. So, you know, that that argument cannot even be brought into the equation this year. It has to be head-for-head, stats-for-stats in this case. Mm -hmm. You can't use anything against Embiid. Now, in years past, okay, he played fewer games than the eventual winner. Not this time around. Not this time around. It's got to be big. If he doesn't win it this year, then that conspiracy that I brought up back in the fall is true. The media on the outside looking in across the board just doesn't like Philadelphia, period, or Philadelphia sports teams or anybody who puts on a Philadelphia uniform. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. There's Agreed. no way around, around it this year. Across the board, the, the games are equal, and the, the stats favor MB. Plain and simple. Yep. yep. Stats well favor him. Play on the court favors him. Defensive end, on both sides, you know, both sides of the, of the court. Um, yeah. I mean, is is his team favors? You know, there's 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 nothing else you can say. You know, Embiid's on a better team. He influences the better. Um, he influences them as far as you know them winning more than than you know Jokic. I mean, it, it, he's just 
he's just the total package when you look at him. I can see more of it being um, it being saying, all right, you play enough games. Well, they can't say it this year. They can't yeah. say it this year. So what else can they say? What and and they why, say? Is, why is Jokic even in the conversation? He's averaging nine points less a game than Embiid. He, <laughs> he, he's played six more games than Embiid, Doncic, and, and he's played uh, nine more games than Giannis. Why is Jokic even in the conversation? Well, no, he's he's averaging a point less. It's it's tight. It's thirty three to thirty two. Uh, Doncic is averaging. Oh, you said Doncic. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm yeah, sorry. we kept we kept people keep talking about Jokic. Why is he even yeah. in the conversation? Well, it, because of the assists and and the and the rebounds. He's 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 rebounding almost twelve a game. I, look, I I hear you, and and he, because he's the incumbent, right? Well, I mean, the only that, thing that, he, the thing. only thing he has on all the guys across the board is field goal percentage. He's shooting over sixty three percent. Everybody else is in the fifties. Outside mm-hmm. of that, he shouldn't even be in the conversation. Yeah, Doncic is neck and neck with him, but you know, for the most part, and B still beats him in the, in the stats. And certainly from a wins perspective, it's not yes. Uh, all right, let's get one in. Let's come back. We'll we'll tell you who again? may be in play. Uh, what again? We're, we're breaking again. Yes, we are. Yeah, I was we just had, warming up, man. I we was... had a long one last semester. Last segment. Last semester. Last, last, last semester. Last semester. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back at school. School's in. Uh, who's in for Lamar, who could be out for Lamar. We'll, we'll, we'll go dig into that a little bit. We're 30 days away from the draft. Uh, Belichick chimes in the Aaron Rodgers drama continues. So we'll get to all of that. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Derek Barrett. I'm Rob sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. We're going to talk about Flynn tree services right now. Flynn tree services is an experienced licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And they serve Southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, Northern Delaware. Flynn tree services specializes in full tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now keep in mind, we're just about to really hit the spring. And before you know it, it's going to be summertime, right? It's a great time to have your trees evaluated. Make sure there isn't any major issues here. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? or reminds you to go with the flow, to get your feet wet and your wheels spinning. One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away. 
Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Yes, we are. We're hanging out with you on this Tuesday. Hope you're doing well out there. That's oh. Derek Dunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. Yes, Connor. You see this one? Canadian billionaire Steve Ap- Apostopoulos has yeah, submitted a fully funded $6 billion. And I'm sorry, Adam Schefter report. God, yeah. Yeah, it could be done before. Now, they kept saying the deal may not be done until the fall. Now they're saying it could be done before the draft. You got two bids. You imagine that being in position? Two bids of six yeah. million. You're sitting there like, all right, I got I got two bids in in hand right now of six billion. What's up, the ante, guys? Yeah, yep. For for all of Daniel Snyder's you know idiocy and 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 creepiness and all the other stuff, he he is going to make a killing here, man. He is going to kill it uh, with this. So yeah, that's the, the bad guys always thrive, man. Well, what? the other yeah, if you're just tuning in, the other the other bid has been made. Um, by Josh Harris's group, which now includes Magic Johnson. They, they made a $6 million bid, too. So there's two bids right now. I know. It's wild. Man. It really is. Yeah, um, I, I submitted my bid, but I only had $3 less than $6 billion. <laughs> So, yeah. You're not getting it. You're, you're out. Uh, <laughs> you never know, Barrett. You never know. Stay, uh, stay optimistic. <laughs> it could happen. Uh, Bro, yeah, that's so. crazy, man. We're talking about teams that were bought for – 700 800 uh, million dollars are now eclipsing six billion, Jeez. you know, in your bank account. W- weren't the um, weren't, wasn't the Clippers, weren't the Clippers sold for like two billion? Yeah, yep. Hey, Jeffrey Lurie bought the Eagles for 183 million. <laughs> What's that franchise worth now? I know three it, billion it can't, more it can't than that? that far off of Washington. It's probably a little yeah, less, yeah. but it's not far. Yeah, Jeez. crazy. That is the if you eat if you have it's almost autopilot as long as you don't get in your own way. If you own an NFL team, it it is a license to print money. I mean, just mm-hmm. amazing, amazing. And it's different from hockey because hockey, like they they don't have the same structure as the NFL. So that's why those franchises are in a little more trouble 
as far as how they do their revenue sharing and stuff like I think what they just have um, they don't share the revenue of the stadiums, do they? Is that the difference? They don't sell shellings. Uh, they don't share it. It's more profit sharing in the NFL, and I think that's why it's more. It is. There is more in the NFL. You're right. There's more. Yeah. There's, there's you know because I mean look at you look at the cities these guys play in. When you look at a Jacksonville, it's not going to make the money that Philadelphia, New Kansas York. City, Pittsburgh. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter. Exactly. Yeah. So you, the profit sharing is, is great for all those teams. So I agree. Yeah. Man, I oh, agree. man. Man, oh, I man. I agree, man. But yet uh, their contracts are guaranteed and ours, and ours aren't. Hockey, baseball, basketball. So yeah. It's unfortunately, you know, it, it, the injury thing is held against you guys. And it's the thing that cuts lives short, makes you yep. debilitate it when you're young. But it's the reason why you don't get the guaranteed money. You know, the, if anything, the ones who risk their – their health should get the guaranteed money, but from a business perspective, it just doesn't happen. It's a shame. It I got to get up every day. I got to work with D Gun because I know I got to pay bills, man. See, oh, did I say that out loud? See, if it wasn't for my wife, I would retaliate. <laughs> you have called me out three times on this show today alone, and I'm sitting here and I'm just going to soak it all in and let it. <laughs> but just keep in mind, keep in mind when you least expect it. Because you know how I'm capable of it, I will retaliate. But Derek, but think I gotta, about it. I gotta, I gotta make sure she's on vacation out in California somewhere before I retaliate. Well, but think about it. Yes, when, Mr. Brooks. When when have I ever not expected you to do it? I, I know it's gonna come, so it just it just comes and it comes in such a, a furious pace that you know it might be one after the next after the next after the next. You know what I'm saying? I just get bombarded, you know what I mean? So Mr. Brett, Mr. Brooks, I cannot disagree with you, sir. <laughs> But on this day and moment in time, Mr. Brooks, enjoy your moment in the sun. That's all I can tell you. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, Lamar Jackson. Uh, we're going to have a couple of common themes here. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers sagas just continue. But so the Washington Commanders, out. They, if anybody thought they would be in, they're not. They're not interested. They can't do it. They can't pull it off cap-wise. Neither can the Bucks. It was funny. Todd Bowles was asked directly about this, and he said, have you seen our cap? Yeah. No, we're, yeah. we're not in on it. Yeah. So there, there are a couple teams. But the Colts and their GM, Chris Ballard, was asked, and he said, he said we'll explore everything, man. Like, we're not necessarily out. So the thought that they could automatically be taking a rookie – uh, in that first round, and they're you know they're going to obviously have a really high pick. They can get one of those guys. Maybe not. Maybe they're in on Lamar Jackson. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a weird weird you know landing it, for this one. Is Lamar worth giving up? What was what is Indy's fourth pick this year? Fourth, third, uh, fourth. Pull it up. And I think it's, I think they're fourth. Yeah, I think you're right, Derek. They are fourth. Correct. Is he is he worth giving up a fourth pick for? Would you give up a number four? Overall pick for Lamar? The argument is known versus unknown. Now, there you go. Lamar's known, there you go. but you worry about health. Yep. You know, um, that's something that has to come into account. And the you reward, worry. The, the reward, though, the reward outweighs that. The risk. You know, so much, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, the reward of what he brings to that. Like, we don't think of – I don't know if people really look at it, but he has won games by his damn self. You know yes. what I'm saying? He Which is, is what he would be doing in Indianapolis because they ain't got nothing on offense except Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, and they got uh, the the receiver. Um, you know that's about uh, it. Oh, uh, yeah, the kid at Pittman. They, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Pittman, their yeah. their weapons are okay. You know, they're yeah, okay. Yeah. They're not great. 
He'll be he, running for his life in Indy. It would be a very similar situation to Baltimore, where he didn't have great weapons there. True. <laughs> At it'd least in that the sense. same thing. Yeah, it'd be virtually the same thing. I, as I sit across, as I sit down as a management and think about the prospects, if I give up the number four, which is an unknown, even if we take a quarterback, because if you look at the last 20 years of the quarterback situation being drafted high in the NFL, it's not a 100% guarantee thing versus a guy who's already been a league MVP. But the thing that makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck is he's missed nine games the last two seasons, and he's getting older, not younger. Yep. And you're about to put a boatload. You're not only you're not only going to give up that prime draft pick. You're giving up a boatload of money to get him in there. Is also boatload of guaranteed money. Boatload of guaranteed money, and that makes me that makes me a little bit hesitant. As much as I love him as an athlete, I have I, again I have to look at this from a business perspective. Is it worth is it worth that risk? Is it now? He's going to put people in the seats. No doubt about that. Yeah. He's going to sell jerseys, no doubt about that. But that big investment, and I'm not talking about just monetary inve- investment. I'm, that draft investment is huge. It's not often you get to be at the number f- top five spot in a draft, unless you're Houston, which is like almost every other year. But mm-hmm. um, that's a that's a lot of commodity to give up, man, for a risk. Well, yeah. see, there it is, right there. That's that's the biggest thing, right there, because you're. you're you're not going to get an opportunity to play with a rookie quarterback and build a team around a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. and, and, and think that you can do what the Eagles just did. And right. with being under the salary cap, being able to pay, uh, you know, a team like that and then go, you know, go play. That's mm-hmm. tough, man. That's mm-hmm. tough. That's mm-hmm. very, very tough, man. So, mm. Mm, that's that's it's going to be interesting what happens. Um, so uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing, you remember, guys, he was on Pat McAfee's show and said, basically, once I came out of my darkness retreat, whatever bad cave. Well, yeah, both before and afterwards, there, there was no communication from the Packers and he was disappointed in that. Well, uh, Brian Gutkenhurst, uh, the Packers GM, I don't know if I, I probably just butchered that. He should change his last name. Uh, it came out and basically said, we've been constantly reaching out to him and his people and he doesn't get back to us. So two things, right? One, somebody's lying Two, it's clear. The Packers are done pussyfooting around this thing, you know, to, to, to keep it real here. They're done sort of like tiptoeing, like they're they're just calling it out and calling him out. And it's clear that's over. Um, but, he's the handle with kill gloves, and they don't they yeah. take the gloves off. Yeah, now they're done. Which I I get it. You get to you, I don't care who you are. You get to a certain point, you're like, this is just not worth it with this guy. But the problem is, like, both sides are really painted into a corner. Mm-hmm. Like Rogers has basically said, I'll only play for the Jets, and the Jets aren't even pretending like anybody else is even a consideration. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know, man. This is like a a weird standoff that that, that these two have. The the Packers organization has gone out of its way the last couple of years to not say anything that would set Rodgers off because it was such a delicate situation. And no matter what Rodgers came out and said, they would not retaliate or defend themselves. They would hem and haw their way around it, but they would not directly respond to a lot of what he said about the organization. Lack of communication. I'm not included in decision-making processes. Need to be a better relation in the front office. And those people have done everything they could possibly do to to, to abide by some of the things that he brought out publicly that should have been kept in-house to begin with. But this offseason in particular, the fact that they've come out and said it's time to move on, 
the fact that the GM finally came out at the owners' meeting and said, hey, wait a time out here. This is not a one-way street. We have reached out to him on numerous times, and he has not reciprocated. Tells you, we're done with this. We're done. We're done with him. If Even if we have to eat this cap hit, he ain't playing for us this year. Mm-hmm. You know, And I can't remember another Hall of Fame caliber player that has has basically turned off the entire organization. Has he done a lot for that organization? Yes. Has he kept them on the national map for 15 years? Yes. Has he been one of the most talked about players in the league? Yes, he has. He has done every, he has sold a lot of jerseys for that organization. He's put a lot of people in the stands. He has got them in a lot of primetime games just because of his name and his physical attributes. But at some point you get tired of playing the game. You get tired of it. Yeah. Well, they were tired of it last year. Yeah. They broke but they still down. handled it with kid gloves. Yeah, they broke down. They paid the man three years, $150 million. Now they're backed against a corner for a deal that they got, you know, pushed into last year. They gave it to him. So, I mean, he has the keys. You know, the the the, the ship goes where he he drives it. And they have no choice. Because, I mean, do you really think he, he would he would not have a problem with just sitting out? He wouldn't have a problem with that at all, and they, and they know this. I think if he had just said he wanted to be traded, he he he'd already been in Washington, Carolina, Tampa. He would have been the deal would have been done a long time ago. He's put a stranglehold on his organization because he says I'll play for the Jets. Okay, so there's no other there's no other now the Jets. I'm surprised came out and openly said we're not interested in anybody else but Aaron Rodgers. You know, Lamar Jackson is not in our future. And then they go out and they get one of his teammates to try to wow him even more so to come in there and play. One of his coaches. And one of his coaches as well. His One of his best friends slash coach from the Packers and Nathaniel Hackett. So now basically both sides are handcuffed, but even more so Green Bay, because you could be sitting there with a lame duck quarterback. you got to pay almost $60 million if he doesn't pay for, play mm, for you. Mm, mm. Got to be more careful. Yeah, I, I just think, like, first of all, he's hypersensitive. Anything yeah. that this guy gets upset about, he's got the thinnest skin ever. Mm-hmm. They, like you said, Derek, they try. They gave the guy like sixty million a year last year at at, at you know thirty eight, whatever he was, and and mm. it's like, I'm sorry, man, you haven't won a Super Bowl in like thirteen years either. Mm-hmm. So just enough already. You you want to be a Jet, then then you know, good goodbye. You know, I, I just wish it would happen, frankly. Um, so we'll see well, what ends up happening. Do you think they'll ever get to a point where they don't care about the draft picks that they have to give they up? They have for? to. Dude, you can't you can't give up a future Hall of Famer and get fifth or sixth round picks for him. You yeah. cannot. I think it's just that, a matter of are you gonna are you gonna come off two first rounders or something like that? Are you just gonna accept one and something yeah. else? And I saw the report that Jets are adamant they don't want to give up their first round pick. Okay, so you want a future Hall of Famer, but you're not willing to give up a high commodity for him. Yeah. But yet Seattle gets five four picks. And five players from Denver for Russell Wilson. Now Russell Wilson's a good quarterback. Is he Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. And mm. you're telling me Green Bay, if Green Bay takes anything less than a first round pick, and one should not be enough considering what 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 the Jets have done to appease this dude and to roll out the red carpet. If I'm Green Bay, I should be saying, Oh, they oh, they wouldn't got Alan Lazard. Okay, they wouldn't got this. That means they want him bad, then they'll give us what we want for him. But the Jets are saying, no, we're not, because they know Green Bay is in a bind as well. If Green Bay comes out, and it, and it comes out that they got definitive, definitively jobbed in this deal, every team moving forward will try to take advantage of Green Bay when it comes to negotiations in the future. Do you? I, I feel like the draft's going to be a, a sort of soft deadline. Um, it's 30 yes. days away. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I because you gotta, you know, either we're moving on or we're not, or we're, we're, we're you know, if you're the Jets, then at that point, if it looks like it's just gonna not happen, you, you gotta. I'm not saying you necessarily have to draft a quarterback, but you got to figure something else out. So they are really tired of the, like you don't have a plan A right yeah. now. Yeah, at right. All. they're really tired of them. You know what I'm saying? They're really tired of everything that's going on right now. They they've been tired of it. Yeah. Um. You know, you know they're not including me. Is it? Well, they don't have to include you. You know, they run the organization. You know, they're they're it's, it's, it's their you know their machine. You know what I'm saying? To get in and get off. Well, uh, here's you know it seems like every day something else comes out. I just saw this this morning. Reports have come out that the Jets want a contingency that if Rodgers decides to retire after one year in the Jets, they want to pick back from Green Bay. And Green Bay is like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. So we're going to have to give you back a high pick if you lose him. That's between you and him. Once we send him to you, that's between you and him. We should not have to reciprocate if he decides to retire after next year. We've washed our hands of this situation. So the Jets keep throwing other stuff in there that they want which is holding this thing up. And that's why I be, I do agree with you guys when you say there's a soft deadline with the draft, but I do see this possibly going beyond the draft because both sides keep serving and volleying in terms of what they want because you're dealing with this knucklehead. This knucklehead is like one of the biggest, one of the biggest thieves in the history of the game. He's holding two teams hostage right now. Yeah. Yeah. Guys well, are prima donna and it's just, it's enough already. If there's any sports justice, he'll suck when he, when he goes to the Jets. But <laughs> there is there doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be any, uh, you know. Um, right, right, anyway, right, right. Um, so a couple other other odds and ends here. Um, Mark, this is I thought this was interesting. Mark Davis, who's the uh, Raiders owner, he basically said, "Look, you know, I'm not putting much of this on Derek Carr that it didn't work out." and we had to trade him. You know, we've had like six different coaches. He's had all kinds of different offensive coordinators. And he said, the one common denominator during that whole time is me. So if you want to put it on anybody, put it on me. I was like, it was really refreshing. Like a guy really owning something. Yes, yes. And, and I, you know, Mark Davis has been a terrible owner, but I'll give him this. He was very upfront and self-effacing and owned this, you know, and I give him credit. It was, I thought it was a classy way to go. I'm not, I'm not a Raiders fan, but I got a lot of respect for what he came out and said. You know, yeah. he took a lot of this because a lot of a lot of football fans are saying Derek Carr never did this for us. Derek Carr owner said, "Stop, stop right now, stop, stop that." It starts with me. What six different coaches mm-hmm. in the in the, in the nine years that Derek Carr's been there? <laughs> How do you expect to do to succeed? Learning six different offenses, can't you bro. Know? You can't do it. No, there has to be stability involved here. You know, Derek Carr, did he have some of his flaws? Yeah, he did. But for an owner to come out and take the, the onus of this, I got a lot of respect for that dude now, man. Yeah, yep. I do too. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, John Lynch, we touched on this a little bit yesterday, but just to go a little bit further, John Lynch says Brock Purdy is in the driver's seat and it's his gig to lose. The only problem with that is he may not be able to start the regular season. No. They don't know right now. So – Let's just say, hypothetically, let's say Trey Lance starts and has a couple great games. Uh, you're going to pull Trey Lance? I'm not. I'm not. And I don't I'm I don't not. know. I, I have no idea what Trey Lance is. I'm just saying if it starts that way, I, I'm rolling with Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's right. not, not that guy that I'm, hey, you automatically get your gig back. Sorry. Well, it, it's tough, man, because when you, when you really think about um, what they've invested into him, they invested a lot of Trey Lance. Brock Purdy was over the seventh round draft pick. Yep. He'll be there for a while. You got to see what you got 
in Trey Lance. You got to see, was he worth that investment? If not, you know what I'm saying? Put him on the hook. Um, you, you know, you, you got to trade him or whatever, but I'm sure everybody knows that, you know, that offense is, is all predicated by the head coach calling the plays and, and his system is why Brock Purdy's so good or why, you know, any of those coaches were so good. I mean, you know, any of those, those quarterbacks were so good. And that's what he thinks. He, he could have, he thinks that he can have anybody back there playing quarterback and the system will run from, you know, the way he runs it. So that means you got to watch that also. Mm-hmm. You got to watch that also. Yeah, no question. Well, he's, uh, he's, he's shown that you can put anybody in there and that offense will flourish. He's basically exactly. shown that, you know, and, you know, I, I, I would have been a little bit more careful if I was John Lynch in terms of saying who my definitive number one is at this stage. When you got a guy, they don't know if he's going to be six months or eight months before he gets back. That's either week one or week four. Yeah, that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. Yeah. And like Rob said, if Trey Lance comes out and he's balling, you're just going to sit him? Because what are you telling your locker room? Now you yeah. got your locker room looking sideways at each other. Hey, yeah. man, what yep. the heck's going on here? Yeah, well, that's, just, what, that's what's happened the last three years. I would yeah. just went with the, hey, man, this thing's wide open. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Easy. But he's done that the last, he's done that the last, um, the last, what, five years he's done that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And look, he's done a very yeah. good job. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to really get too critical of Lynch. He's done a nice job. A um, couple other things. Belichick, uh, Bill Belichick was asked, you know, hey, the last few years haven't been you know, what we come to expect here. And he said, well, did you see the last 25 years? In other words, I got this. All right. <laughs> All right, Bill, you got this. You don't Brady anymore. We'll, we'll, we'll see if you got this. That that part's going to be interesting to me because I, I do think that you got a much better situation to have, you, you know, uh, what's his name? Mac Jones succeed, you know, with Bill O'Brien uh, than you had. But still, you know, it, there's still a lot of questions there for sure. This is a huge year for Mac Jones because he went from being a phenomenal rookie in terms of acclimating himself real quick when he what he set that record for rookie quarterbacks and consecutive completions to being basically um, riding that proverbial roller coaster in 2022. Now O'Brien is this quarterback guru. O'Brien's worked with him. Um, Let's see. This is a huge year for Mac in terms of making it, of turning that corner of being a so-called definitive starting quarterback in the National Football League because you have a guy now calling an offense that knows how to work with quarterbacks like Debo does with quarterbacks as well. Right. So I, I'm interested to see how this pans itself out. I think it's sort of make or break for Mac Jones. Like if Mac Jones looks poor with O'Brien too, it's probably yeah. time to change this thing up. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um the the NFL has approved players wearing the number zero. That's cool. Yeah, I mean it's it is what it is. That, yeah, not not. It's all right. They wore them in college the last cut. Wore it in college the last couple of years, two years maybe. I don't know. Yep, yep. Uh, what was the reason they, why they wouldn't wear zero? I I don't know. They, they they changed it when they when they changed everything up. Why didn't why wasn't zero included? You know when you it used mm. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how did to me? You go like this when they call out a player player number zero. You know. <laughs> Seven, five, you know, yeah, I mean, I, don't yeah, know. I, I guess that's what it is. Zero, now it's it's this maybe. Maybe it's the pound. It's just the zero. Yeah. Zero. yeah. Um, all right. Lastly, this story never, never goes away. And I'm sure Jerry Jones would like it to. But that woman who claims to be his daughter is mm-hmm. now filing a defamation suit against them. Um, she's 26 years old. Uh, 
claims that, that he's his biological father. Jones has paid her off in the past. Uh, but this thing just continues. She, she will not, she will not go away for as much as he wants to try and make her go away. Um, so that, that'll, that, that one, something tells me we haven't seen the end of that one. Uh, Jerry's going to get the lawyers involved. Keep, no, getting, keep yeah. getting that cow, you know, keep milking that cow as much as you can, bro. Keep milking that cow. Well, supposedly the mom way back when got two, three million to keep yeah. this quiet. Yeah. And the daughter was given a 375000 plus her tuition in college was played. A couple uh, of trusts. It yep. got like a, a, a Range Rover, brand new Range Rover and stuff. Now, she's come out and said, basically, this is not about money. This is about him acknowledging that he is my father. Um, I, see, I don't know the motive behind that if it's not about the money. If this dude is trying to, uh, you know what, if you don't want, you don't want me to be a part of your life, I don't Thank need you. I don't, I don't want to, I, don't I don't want, want any acknowledgement do it. from you. Yeah, yeah, I don't want nothing from you. Yep. You know, I got what I need. I got money. I got a trust fund. I got a brand new car. You know, if that's what you consider being a father and in my life, you know what? You know, go on your merry way. Do what you got to do. I don't need you that badly. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out the motive behind why is she uh, pushing this publicly? In terms, I wonder how his, I wonder how Jerry's wife is handling all this. What are you guys talking about? What? <laughs> We're talking about a guy that's worth like. Five, six billion dollars. No, not, not the money no, 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 part. Not just the, just the part. acknowledgement that he's her dad. Like yeah, at this point, yeah. if he doesn't want to be, man, she ain't trying to hear that. She's trying to get that money, man. She don't care what. But he's already taken her. care of her. No, not really. Not the way she want to be taken care of. Yeah, but three hundred thousand dollars. Come on, three hundred seventy-five thousand. But she has said publicly several times now, it's not about the money for me. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. It's mm. always about the money. Yep. Always about the money. Yes, sir. Period. Uh, yes, it is. All right. We'll come back. We'll revisit some of the big stories. Nick Sirianni spoke today. We'll dig into that a little bit. I'll give you guys a crazy Otani number. Uh, weird Bradley Beal story. Good on this day. Good birthdays. We've got a lot more in store for you as we roll into the final segment of the show. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you right now about Razor Technology and uh, Data Estate. Data is everywhere in business today, but when it's locked away in silos, it can't be efficiently used and businesses don't have time to wait for the insights that shape decision making. Razor Technologies Data Management not only integrates data from wherever it's generated or collected, but provides a uniform structure for storing, interpreting, and distributing it to decision makers. Razor helps businesses transform and model their data, use it to populate real-time dashboards, and create shareable reports that highlight key areas of progress as well as warning signs in need of attention. Smart data analytics and the tools to make data insights easily digestible help businesses of all sizes and types discover where they could be untapping significant savings. Razor technology can help you break down your silos and fully realize the value of your data to drive growth for your business. To learn more, contact Razor Technology today at 866 866- 797-3282-866-797-3282 or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. I get scared sometimes. 
of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away? Find the best of yourself. Get lost in the woods. Plan your stay in the Wildwoods today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Uh, final segment of the show on this Tuesday. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we'll be hanging with Greg Murphy tomorrow. Uh, Phillies radio pre and post game uh, host. We'll, we'll chat with Greg. He's uh, been calling a lot of games down there in Clearwater for the Phillies. Get his take on what's happening with the squad. We will discuss that with him uh, tomorrow. All right, guys. couple things. Uh, speaking of baseball, Shohei Otani. He will make $65 million this year between salary and endorsements and <laughs> rightfully so. and i can't say he's overpaid no <laughs> no, no 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 oh, 65 man Woo. this dude this dude is a once in a lifetime generational type player man to be able to pitch it and hit it the way he does you don't see that dude i mean yeah. this dude he hits for high average he throws lasers what else do you want? I just hope he doesn't get to a point where he's so overused, it shortens his career. But you got to capitalize when you can, man. And right now, everybody wants a piece of him. Um, you make every dollar you can, brother, because it may not be there tomorrow. So he makes 30 as a base, right? That's what he's made. He's, he's, he's going to be a free agent, by the way. Um, oh, geez. Oh, yeah. And he makes at least, that's at least, it may go up, but it's $35 million in endorsements right now. That's what he's making Jeez. right now. Yeah. So I mean, um, has he I mean that 
realistically, has he has his talent been wasted, man? I mean, yeah, and, yeah. With both being where he both, is, yeah. But playing, I mean, he and Trout really playing in Anaheim. Just, yes, it's like. Mm. Is it really happening if the tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to witness it? I... Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this dude's in in the wasteland of, of, of Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's they're that's not building perfect, towards anything. That's the perfect analogy, you know, because it's happening in Anaheim. Yes, is it really happening? Yeah, it, I, it's good wild. Thing Anaheim is Disney. That's about it. That's it. Well, how about this? Just to, to the state of baseball. <laughs> you ready for this? Ten highest paid players in baseball are expected to collect. Four hundred and thirty-six million. Golly, what? Yep, that's up. Last year it was three hundred and seventy-seven million. Now it's up to four thirty-six. That's just the ten highest players paid players in baseball. Jeez, I'm thinking to myself, how? And it's guaranteed too. But oh yeah, how in the world are they are, are they able to pay these 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 deals when you know there's not really a lot going on as far as you know. It's a regional sport. It really is in a lot of ways, a very regional sport. But, and here's part of the issue. Like you're seeing RSNs, regional sports networks collapsing left and right. Yes. So I, you know, funny because just five years ago, they were all on a rise. Yeah. Yeah. Every team was talking about having their own network to control. I don't know that this, you know, how do you keep operating that way? If you're, if somebody, you know, like the Phillies right now are fine. You know, like the Mets are okay. The Red Sox, but like a lot of small market teams are scrambling to figure out who's going to carry their games. Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know. That might be a lot of smoke and mirrors as far as, um, as far as, you know, these networks not making the money, man. I mean, I know my cable bill is is like half what everybody's cable bill because I mean, I get a, I get a deal. I mean, it, cable bills these days are like 300, 400 bucks. Absolutely. Depending on how many boxes you have in your house, you better believe it. Yeah. How many yep. channels you get, you better believe it. It's, it is ridiculously pricey. That's for sure. Um, all right. So, did you see this Bradley Beal story? Mm. Kind of weird. So, he, I, I doesn't, I don't know that it strikes me as a huge deal or whatever, but so he, he, he was, got into it with a fan. So, the cops are investigating this, this, issue that he had with a fan in Orlando at a game. Um, so the way it went was he's he's under police investigation. He hasn't been arrested for a post-game incident with a fan in Orlando who claimed to have lost a bet, okay, according to a documents the police obtained. So it, it was a 122-112 road loss to the Magic Tuesday at the Amway Center. He's exiting the court. Fans are yelling stuff at him. And the guy said, you maybe lose 1300 bucks. You bleep. The word starts with an F. Uh, Beal, according to report, turned around, walked towards a friend of the man who made the comment and swatted his right hand towards him, knocking the man's hat off and contacting the left side of his head. Police reviewed the video footage of the altercation, heard Beal say that this is his job and he takes it. Whatever. I mean, you get the gist of it. This this feels like a big nothing burger to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cares. You know, everybody's looking to get paid everybody's looking to get paid that's exactly what this is yep and that guy's you know he's angry because he lost his bet guess what dude then don't bet this is the way it goes speaking of mike trout did you see this story from uh front office sports mike trout is teaming up with tiger woods design firm to build a golf course near his hometown of new jersey 
Yeah, yes. that's that's pretty cool, man. Oh, yes, right. yes, yes. Down in the area that really needs it too, man. Down yeah. in that area, man. It's it's it's, it's nothing out there, none of the land and stuff out there, and it's and it's it's not a lot of money that's being generated out there. So I mean, they they do have a a racetrack. Okay. Yeah. But for the most part, where is that? Where Mount Trout? Where, where Mike Trout's from? I only know Millville is the shortcut to get down the shore. It's a it's yeah, an easy yeah. way to avoid you know the. So you see you AC see all Express that nothingness right out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying you see a couple trailer parks out there. I mean it's it's not the best place to live. But right. it's a bunch of land. You know in fact I'm I'm looking at down there. You know possibly finding something down there. Yeah, stay in Jersey. Oh, did I say that? Oh, did I let that slip out? I'm sorry. See, uh, that right. You, you know, your, your your inside voice always comes out. I know. It always I'm sorry. Comes out. Did that slip out? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! All right. So on this date, I have a good one for you guys. On yep. this date, back in 1992. 1992. Okay. See if you guys can guess, it was March uh, 28th of 1992. One of the all-time sports moments happened. 1992. He March. was March. March. March of 1992. So it has to be basketball. Something about March Madness. Correct. Christian right Leitner. Christian Leitner. Look there at you, you, go. you two are working as a team. Look at that. I like Look at that. <laughs> That's correct. The yeah. shot by Christian Leitner. Uh, Grant Hill throws it in. The biggest mistake of the play, Rick Patino doesn't put anybody on the ball. He lets Grant Hill, who had a cannon, get a free throw. And he throws mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Leitner obviously makes the shot, but Grant Hill makes around. an unbelievable throw. And they end up beating Kentucky. And Leitner goes perfect from the line, perfect from the floor. And Duke ends up winning. That, that wasn't the national championship game, by the way. But it, they mm-hmm. ended up winning the national championship that year. But that was the shot. Yep. One of the great moments in NCAA tournament history. It was at that, the that, old Philadelphia Spectrum. Yes, yes. That, that uh, man, let's see, 1992, where was I? I was working at... Uh, CBS in Milwaukee, man. We were watching this, and everybody just went nuts. Mm-hmm. You know when he hit that shot. I oh, was in man. college. I was. I went to my buddy. My my buddy was in a frat at Villanova, and he was having a frat party that night. And we had it on in, in this in like the, some little beat up room. We were all huddled around the TV watching. Mm. It's it crazy. It was mm. crazy. Yeah, big big time moment there. All right, let's hit some uh, some birthdays. Let's do it. All right, so. Uh, I'll start with this one. Chris Long. Chris Long who helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Uh is 38 years old today. We've guest of the show. We've had him on the show a couple of times. Yep. Uh how so old is old is Chris? He's 38. 38. Yeah. Mm. Definitely could have played a couple more years for sure. Yeah, he could have. Uh Lady Gaga, 37 years old today. Uh Wait, also a good really? actress. She's a good actress too. 37. The, uh, 37. Did wow. you think older or younger? Younger, uh older. Older, yeah. <laughs> trying to say <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying. I thought she was old. I just thought she, wow. Looks like we won't be having Lady Gaga as a guest anytime right, soon. Right, 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 right. Okay, well, I had her lined up you for tomorrow. That's now it, now that's done. out the I window. Quit. Okay, I quit. I'm done for the day. I'm that's done. it. That's it. Um, all right. So she's 37. Vince Vaughn, uh, Swingers, Old School, a million other movies. It's fifty that yeah. that was. He's a classic, bro. He's a classic. Yeah, he's he's he is funny and everything he's in pretty much. Uh, Reba McIntyre, the country singer and actress, is sixty eight today. She's a good actress. She is very a good actress. Good. I love her. That young Sheldon, she is funny. She's talented. She's very talented. Yeah. That's for sure. 
Uh, Julia Stiles, the actress, is 42 years old today. Been in a ton of stuff, movies and um, TV and streaming stuff. Uh, Derek Carr, we talked about him earlier. He's 32 today, Derek Carr. Uh, Rick Barry, the uh, NBA Hall of Famer or Pro Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. He is 79 today. Last guy to shoot his free throws underhanded, Rick Rick Barry. Uh, Diane Wiest, good actress. Uh, She's 75 today. She's been in a lot of movies and TV shows over the years. Uh, Byron Scott, former Laker, uh, part of Showtime, uh, is 62 today. Yep. Jerry Sloan, who coached the Jazz and was a Bulls player back in the day, passed away uh, a couple years back, but he was born on this day in 1942. Bullets in the Jazz, yep. Yeah, he was a tough, tough dude, apparently, from uh, his playing days, by, yep. by all did, accounts. Did you know at the time uh, he was only one of two coaches to win more than 1,000 games with the same franchise? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He, that's the only place he coached, right? He yeah, didn't go anywhere yeah. else, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, he won a, over 1,000 okay. games with that organization. That's a good one. That's a good stat. Uh, Ken Howard, who played Ken Reeves on The White Shadow, one of my favorite shows. Oh, I love that show. was born on this day, 1944. He passed away a couple of years ago. I, I, I love that show, too. It wasn't on long enough, man, unfortunately. Um, what else? That's all I have birthday-wise. What else do you guys have? A lot of them. That's all a lot right. of them. Um uh, I would say um, Luke Walton. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's an assistant with the Cavs now. 43. Yep. You said Jason Garrett, right? No. Jason, no, Garrett, Jason Garrett. Yep. 57. Most boring man on TV. Yes. Yep. <laughs> from Abington <laughs> Ebbing, Township. Was that out loud? That's not, <laughs> that's not right. Anyway. Chris See, Myers, famous broadcaster. Yep. You know, um, did Fox a, Sports. You know, yeah. Did, yep. He turned 60, uh, 64. Okay. Um, my boy, you know, you guys probably won't know who it is, but Ann Anstead, he turns 44 today. He's from, uh, this show called Wheeler Dealers, you know what I'm saying? Where they take, buy cars and then they redo them and sell them. Great, okay. great show. Um, okay. Chris, uh, Chris Henning, Mr. Perfect, 40, he was, he, he died at 44. Oh, wrestler. Yeah, the wrestler. Oh, Kurt wrestler. Henning, Kurt Henning. Yeah, Kurt, I mean, Kurt Henning, I'm sorry, Kurt, Kurt yeah. Henning. Mr. Perfect. Umaga also, uh, the Samoan Savage, he died at like 36 years old. He passed away. Okay. All um, these wrestlers, man, died at young uh, age. They go young, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, Nick Frost. You guys know who Nick Frost is? No. Sean of the Dead. Never funny British that. guy. Yeah, man. Okay. Real, real funny guy, man, from Sean of the Dead. Um, uh, Shakib Khan is 40 years old. Really famous um, uh, Bangladesh actor. You guys okay. know about. I mean, <laughs> you guys are kind of underwhelmed with that. Ba- Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah. You said you, you, you lost you watching, me. Me. <laughs> you watching a lot of Bangladesh movies? You lost me in Bangladesh. I have. I have. Actually, really? Man. Yep. Okay. Uh, Cheryl Jane. Uh, uh, Cheryl James. Y'all know who that is, right? Nah, salt. Salt smaller. and pepper. Oh, salt and pepper. Mm. Which one is she? Fifty-seven. Salt. Or she's salt. All right. Yep. I'm more uh, of a pepper guy. <laughs> <laughs> both strong both i was strong. a spinderella guy <laughs> all right <laughs> um um uh, stefan bowen defensive tackle 39 mm-hmm. played against him so yep. uh gino atkins oh yeah 35 good, had a good career yeah he did can't um, believe he hasn't played since 2020 exactly that's crazy. i didn't realize it's been that long either yeah um my boy wonder you know a great, you know, rapper that you know people need to talk about more. They got, had a song called "Renee," Mr. Cheeks from the Lost Boys. 
Okay. 52. Mr. Cheeks. Yeah, Mr. Cheeks, bro. Renee, great song. Look up Mr. Cheeks, Renee. It's a great All right. song. All right. All right. Jay Quan, a rapper. Uh, yep. He's from St. Louis. He got this famous song called Tipsy. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody getting tipsy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. That's okay. it. Gunner, you got it? Oh, yeah. You got Kate Goslin, 48 years old. She's from Philly. Remember the show, uh, oh, John God. and Kate Plus Eight? Yep. How did you go from sextuplets to twins? At some point, in you just, world? yeah, it's time to. Yeah, somebody's you know, tube should have been tied or snipped something, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like Teddy, Teddy Pendergrass said, think I better let it go. Yeah, man. You, <laughs> just, you just yeah. refrain yeah, from activities. Man, that's it. Eight yeah. kids, man. No, man. I got no. three driving me nuts. I don't need no. eight. Yep. Uh, Conchata Farrell, 70. She passed away at the age of 77. She was Berta on the show Two and a Half Men. The smart very Alex. funny. She oh. was hilarious. You know, she competed against um, 32 other people for that role, and she got it. Um, they she picked was the only, right person. She yeah, they funny. did. She was only supposed to be in the first two episodes, two episodes the entire first season. And then they wanted, they wanted a minority for that role. And she wowed the, the directors and the producers so much they brought her back and made her a regular on the show. But you thought the perfect smart Alec for that show to counter great. Charlie Sheen. Oh yep. my goodness. Perfect she was casting. awesome. Yep. Uh, the uh two-time Olympic gymnast uh gymnast, uh Bart Connor is 65. I didn't know he was married to Nadia Comanichi. Yeah, and he he yeah, that's right. I do remember that. And he does a lot of analyst work too, like Olympics and yes. stuff when they for the gymnastics. And they have their own uh, gymnastic academy as well. Natalie uh, one, uh, uh strong. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna let that one go. I'm okay. just saying. Yeah. Uh Google Jim, it, kids. Yeah, you'll, you'll see. Did you ever see the old Mickey Mouse show when it was in black and white and the song they'd always start to show who's the leader of the club was made for you and me? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, it, it was like Annette Funicello and all these other kids who were part. Jimmy Dodd was the one who wrote the show, uh wrote the theme. Oh. And then at the end of the show, they would slow it down. Now's the time to say goodbye. He, Jimmy Dobb was one of the original. He died at the age of 54. He wrote that as a kid? He wrote that he, song? He wrote that, cool. yeah, at a young age, okay. yep. Okay. Uh, Lynn Elmore, the great basketball player. Lynn Elmore is 71. Yep. Uh, Kevin Lockery uh, played 11 season in the NBA, was a Philadelphia coach for he a few, uh, short stint. Yep. yep. Um, Thomas DePay, drafted by the Eagles in the fifth round back in 2004. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's 43 now. Jeez. Wow. And finally, one of my favorite shows, you remember Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom yeah. back in the day? Marlon Perkins. Oh, yeah. Passed away He's at the host. age of uh, 81. That show ran from 1963 to 1985. Jeez, man. That was a long time. Right? Yeah, it was. That's cool. After every that. football game, I couldn't yes. wait to sit down with my dad and watch. That was the next show we watched after, after Packers played the game. It was Mutual <laughs> of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Like yeah. clockwork every Sunday. That's funny. I love watching that, bro. That's love watching that. Uh, all right, we got some movies. It's not a great slate. You guys remember Ken Howard, though? No, yeah, we yeah, yeah we Ken did Reese. Ken Howard. Like okay, Shadow, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I loved Ken Howard. He was awesome. Yeah, he was. Um, all right, The Birds from 1963, Albert uh, Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock movie. All time uh, classic. I remember that, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember Scary that. Scary movie. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, uh, which was another Charlie Sheen, is one of his first roles from yep. 1986. Mm-hmm. Uh, and head of state from 2003. Oh, yeah, yeah. wasn't a ton yeah. else. You guys got other ones that were just Noah in 2014, yeah. which was a decent movie, but that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it was a it's kind of light on movies today. Um, 
That's for sure. So we were talking about this earlier. I always like to swing back to some of our uh, from our lead stories, if you will. But some of the things that Nick Nick Sirianni said today, um, he likes Sean Desai because it's a similar system to what Gannon had. Uh, You know, there are going to be tweaks put in there, but it's foundationally very similar. So I'm just trying to prepare Eagles fans right now. You're not going to get heavy blitzing, but get on the Sean wagon. Yeah, the Deshaun wagon, the Sean wagon, (laughs) the Cy wagon. I don't know what we're going to call it. Uh, the Sean wagon, the Cy wagon. It could yeah. be a lot of a lot of size involved here. Yeah. yeah, a lot of oh, wishful uh, thinking. Howie was very honest. Oh, Blade about Runner, today. Blade Runner, what? Blade Runner. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. old like and a new one. Well, we it was. Yeah, I think wasn't it yesterday when we uh, Blade Runner two came out? Yes, was, was it, it yesterday? Yeah, I don't I know. believe it was. Yeah. Huh. Oh, um, the Cy ride. The, the Cy ride. The Cy ride. Yes, <laughs> the Cy ride and die. Um, the, uh, Howie was, I think, pretty blunt about the CJ Gardner Johnson thing and the way it all went. And Mm -hmm. basically we told them we we couldn't wait forever. We're limited with our resources. This is the offer. Let us know. They, they, they didn't hear back. It went on and on and on. And they, they pivoted off is the way Howie put it. And here we are, you know, it's just that that's sort of the, the way free agency goes. But I mean, I think if this went down last year with the cap flexibility that they had, CJ Gardner Johnson's probably here. Yep. But because they don't have it this year, he's a goner. That's mm-hmm. it. I'll be really interested to see the way he plays this year. You know, it's not a great salary. He's with an improved team. They're not great defensively yet. They have no. pieces. Um, but they're definitely a team that will compete for the playoffs. And we saw that last year. I mean, they barely missed out last year. Yep. Now you're in a division where you don't have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. You're in a division that really, let's face it, guys, other than Minnesota, and we'll see how good Minnesota is again. I, you know, they're they're good, but you could certainly be one of the wild cards because there's there's only one coming out of the NFC South. Yep. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Well, I, you know, they proved they can beat Minnesota already last year. Yeah. Um, I think that division is wide open, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bears should be improved with the money they spend in free agency, but I still think the Bears are a ways away. Uh, in terms of beating a team that you talk about consistently uh, playing in the next season. But Detroit's right there, right there. They're there offensively, and they're getting there defensively. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they're a team. There's a bunch of teams. We did this already. We talked about it, I think, a couple of weeks ago or last week or whatever, like teams to watch yep. who, are, who are about yeah. to make their move. Yeah. I think yeah. Detroit would definitely be in that category. Um, you know, they're – I guess Jacksonville made the playoffs and won a playoff game, so I can't put them in that category. Cleveland's an interesting team to me. Yes. If we're just talking about that, just simply because if now that Watson's at least settled in, you know, this is there's no kind of built in excuse the way you had last year where it was all just sort of chaos. This is mm-hmm. this is who you are. So you need to prove it. And there's a lot of heat on Stefanski, too. He survived last year. I think he should have. I think rightfully so. You, he was given a really tough situation, but they need to show it. This is a show me year for them for sure. Absolutely. If, if know, the Jets get Rodgers, it's a show me year. Oh, there's no question. If the Jets gets get Rodgers, you might as well pen, you they should be penciling themselves into the playoffs. No Anything question. short of getting to the playoffs is a failure for what they've done to to enhance the product on that field and you get a future Hall of Fame quarterback and if you fail to make if you pull the Denver Broncos with Aaron Rodgers there that is a complete failure. Oh, that's a new adjective right there, a Denver Bronco. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Denver Bronco. It's a great you, see this, you see this just came out. Owners vote down proposal to make roughing the passer reviewable. 
Yeah. So yeah, they turned it down last year. Yesterday. Unbelievable. That stinks. Well, I mean, I understand. Uh, I understand why. I really do understand why. Because I mean, remember we they tried to do it with uh with um pass interference, and that was just a cluster. That was like the worst thing they could have done because yeah, it was offensive pass interference, the defensive pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just crazy, you know. Um, which way it could have went. So in a way, <clears throat> in a way, it's up to the discretion, and it should be to the discretion of um of the refs, but sometimes the refs just, they just don't want to get a quarterback hurt. So they just side just right off the top. If you, if you blink at them mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, look at them wrong or blow at them, they're going to, you know, going to go throw the flag. They're going to yeah. throw the flag. Yep. Good point. All right. We, uh, we are out of time. I uh, want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, excellent work as always, man. We appreciate you. Way to keep now up, Tone. It's Tone? time to say goodbye. To say goodbye. <laughs> all right. All and our family. Thank you to all of you in the chat section, all of you listening, all of you in the See you real soon. K E Y. Why? Why? Because we like you. Yes. M O U S E. All right. On that note, stay tuned. You get three hours of the National Football Show with Dan Silio. I think we should close every show that way, actually. Mickey, my guys. All right. That's what we know it's time to go. All right. For Derek Gunn, for Barry Brooks, I'm Rob Ellis. We'll see you guys tomorrow at the same time. Thanks for hanging, everybody. We are Sports Take. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.